This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. Um, I don't know where we're going to start, but... Since we were we talking before the before the uh, before I pressed record and we were in a good uh, groove, I guess we should start here. Uh, yes. we don't know what the hell is going on with Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's potential tenure with WWE or second uh, stint with WWE. Um, apparently he no showed Mass Square Garden um, this past weekend or in the last week, and people don't know whether or not he's in or out or what, and it's kind of weird. Um, and then me and Rich came to the conclusion. I don't know what's real or what's to talk about or speculate about, but Rich said, well, we could always just, you know, evaluate what he, what he has done on WWE television <laughs> since, he's, since he's returned to the E. And uh, I, I lit up because I was like, that's even more fun than, specu- than record speculation. So let's get it. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so you before, said you wanted to call this go. an audit. So yes, the Bray Wyatt audit um, and fitting since his dad is IRS. Uh, we audit his child uh, and bring him to the stage. Um, so we did One Nation Radio on October 10th of last year. Uh, and that uh, you, you had some, James? Yes. Uh, is IRS an anti-Semitic gimmick? I mean, Earn R. Scheister? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, uh, you know, you raise a solid point, and, and we know Vince McMahon likes to, um, you know, take out his uh, problems with the world uh, via wrestling. We we saw uh, the fake Antifa group uh, just a couple years right. ago. Retribution. You know? Yeah. Um, IRS uh, anti-Semitic gimmick. You know. I think they might have slid that one past us, James. I don't know so much of it slid or so much I was a kid and had no idea what the fuck the term shyster meant and came from. Boy. Okay. So Bray Wyatt. Um, we did the show. He came back at Extreme Rules. Except for months and months of that uh, White Rabbit stuff. They were playing the Jefferson airplane song. One of the arenas were you know, lighting up. Virgins, so you know, yeah, I, I can't yeah. keep, keep look. I don't, these seventies white rock bands, 
I don't know. I'm sorry. Like I don't have I don't know how to know all the I don't got any reference. when the bands turn over and change names and members drop and pick up. Like I got look, only thing I got for you is like Fleetwood Mac and Queen. <laughs> I ain't got much else for you as far as following like those careers. Um and then like they're too cheap to license the song for him. So they don't give him the song for his entrance music when he comes back. Kind of like a viral campaign they they run, and man, when he came back, you would have thought that like we were getting just like the next, the second. You would have thought Jesus Christ Himself came down and decided to be a pro wrestler, and the way people were acting in these comment sections, like they were they were just attacking anyone that just didn't understand it or or anything like that. It was it was it was quite sickening, really, and this was like the uh the height of oh the triple h is just gonna fix everything vince didn't understand the fiend and think of all the stuff that happened with with bray wyatt and the fiend and all that like we've got tons of stinker matches tons of career uh altering uh people people interacting with him and having their careers altered forever what's up seth rollins um they had him out there getting squashed by Goldberg and that sent them into hysterics. I think we found that very funny. Um, they did the firing and he was, you know, just hanging out for a year and, you know, never appeared anywhere else comes back. And James, I, I think we called it. Nothing would happen. It was more mystery box bullshit. He came out there and he sold some merch, popped some quarter hours either by appearing or not appearing on the show. James, it is March now. That's a bit that's just over 5 maybe 6 months ago. And I don't know what we really have except a couple goofy videos of him wearing a wig on his head, him introducing his brother to take all the bumps for him, the Uncle Howdy shit. And like just some of the the most the QR codes, all the lore, the director of lore, uh, I believe his name is Rob Fee, um, that was basically sending out all these snarky, condescending tweets to everybody, just thinking he he basically you know was about to revolutionize wrestling. And I'm sorry, man, the director of lore is not going to be the one that saves this business. Um, Bray Wyatt is not going to be the one that saves this business. And we've been telling you this since 2013. This is a charlatan. This is a scammer. This is a carny. But at the end of the day, he got to take that rapist money. So Bray Wyatt, actually good. What what did he do? L.A. Night, he had a match with with Soda that was in the the dark. Literally, like Dev dancing in the dark. That's what he was doing. (laughs) Dancing in the dark. Wow. Um, Yeah, man. It's... I would say this a lot because, like, there has been a lot of bullshit, but it ultimately, like, you, you pretty much summarize it pretty well. Like, there ain't really been much, even though there has been a lot. It's weird. Like, it's been a lot Just of, like, insane TV insane promos. Batshit insane promos. Yeah. Like, this man was able to, this man was able to trick people into, or more, more, uh, more yes. like, directly, uh, he was able to trick Vince and Triple H into having a feud with himself, which he then turned into a feud with his brother, which then turned into not a feud with either one. Um, I, I don't know um, what, like, 
goes into all of this stuff. All I know is the end product of all this stuff when it ends up getting aired on TV ultimately is unsatisfying and leads to more questions than answers. And there's never any answers. And that's what I've always been saying about Bray Wyatt since 2013 is that when are we going to get to the point? When is he going to get to the fucking point? And when he came back, I was like, you know what's going to happen? He's going to give you a, a, a nice starting sp- starting spot for people. And they're going to get entry because the dude is charismatic and a great talker. Absolutely. But ultimately, he's not going to be able to deliver the goods of... Um, of a satisfying conclusion to whatever it is he's doing because he never had before. So why would he do it now? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to all the top stars who avoided working with him uh, to Seth Rollins, who actually went on the record and basically like gave the game away about what the top of the card thinks about this man It's hard to work with him. It's hard to work with the character and everyone else that I, I think if you're stuck wrestling Bray Wyatt, like that means you're not a star, you know. Uh, but if you are a star, you actually can say, "No, I'm not doing that." Yeah, and think of some of the like. It's been how long? He's had one televised match, right? Yes. And then, so like you, you were going to tell me he was going to head into a feud. They they were going to pitch him to Brock. They were going to pitch him to they, they shot an angle for Lashley. Yes. All this tells me is you actually had no plan when you brought him back. Long term, probably not. As far as like we bring you in and we know what you're going to do at WrestleMania. No, I don't <clears> think <throat> they actually had a plan. And I also think that's the reason why Brock was like, oh, no, you tried to get me to work with this dude in 2016. I said, no, uh, I'm not. Vers- I'm not wrestling this guy. No, not doing it. Uh, so, you know, they came up with that goofy, uh, you know, way to get out of that to where, like, Lashley loses, gets his ass beat, and then gets rewarded with a WrestleMania match or whatever. Um, and it's, like, do you, like, do you want to see Bob? Obviously, no answers, fuck no, right? But, like, right. can you think of, like, a worse pairing for a WrestleMania match than, than Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt? Somebody that's as hard of a worker as Bobby Lashley. I mean, amongst, like, so, let me phrase it. Amongst people that are actually like bring value to the company are actually like people that are actually like hard workers and good. Like, if you want to say almost, yes, almost will, will suck worse. Yes, but I mean, like, people that are actually like players on the roster. I think the Lashley thing is such a, um, like a mismatch, right? Because his character's not really that interesting to play off of. Like, he's a big muscle man. He's kind of angry. And, you know, they had Wyatt doing, like, a comedy kind of spin to it. But, like, and, and Lashley being the straight man is, I guess, how you would react to that, right? Yeah. But just talking about in the ring, like, they can't do anything together. I know Wyatt's not going to want to, like, get suplexed a bunch of times. Um, I know Lashley isn't really... There's nothing really for Wyatt to do to Lashley, aside put him in a chin, aside from putting him in a chin lock or something like that. So like, I just find them very incompatible. And then like you think about like his career, like all right, let's say they were gonna do the House of Horrors match or whatever the fuck they call the thing he did with Cena. The the, Uh, I I forgot what it's called. House of Horrors was the one with Orton in that abandoned abandoned house. The Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, so that's if, what if they were going to do that, like, what can they really put on there for Lashley? Like, 
They're going to put him like going to TNA. They can't use Trump. Um, <laughs> so like, well, like, what were they going to do? Could, they just won't. Yeah, they they know better now. Yeah, um, yeah they they're trying to hide that connection, even though yeah. like I can go on the internet and type in like you know McMahon family in Oval Office and and see what pops up. Yeah, it's amazing like, when it's like you can see what could pop up for certain people, but certain people it's like oh, we don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame at this particular time because of what might pop up if you t- put in the image search. Or who I'm glad like, you mentioned the Hall of Fame. Fame. Something I don't have don't have written. Ray Mysterio. Um, we'll, we'll get to Ray in a second, but. As far as this Bray Wyatt thing, it is an abject failure. It was always going to be an abject failure. Yep. And I don't care what happens from this point forward. It's going to be an abject failure. Yeah. Like, what's the turnaround on this? Like, I, if you, if you're what, do we like, have to keep waiting, James? Right, like, right. like, if you say, like, you know, if somebody, you know, that was, because I'm pretty sure this will get clipped to be put on the, on the, um, on the uh, YouTube, and then like there'll be people in the comments that will say something on the lines of, you know, whenever we've you know completely just rules you know rule someone out, whether it was Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss, um, and just be like, you know, we don't get it, blah blah blah, blah. and it's like haters, blah blah. Yeah, and like, look, it, it is it is fun to it is fun to talk about how bad some of the stuff he's done it has been. Um, no, oh, I no, get no, great no joy out of out of, out of like. Telling telling people how how horrible this is. Yeah, I do like I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna pretend like I don't get enjoy mad at it, right? Um, but it's ultimately just like look at the track record. What does the track record tell you? Like it, it's been shit. This has been shit. It probably will end up being shit. Like what do you It's almost like some Bret Hart best there is ever <laughs> will be shit. That's what it almost sounds like. But, um, you know, you got to ask questions, you know, uh, suddenly Bray Wyatt not wanting to come around, you know, with with Vince McMahon being there, you know, ask questions, ask questions. Um, but Rey Mysterio, um, they announced him for the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of people were feeling pretty nostalgic about Rey Mysterio the other day. Ray Mysterio's been in the Observer Hall of Fame since 2010, so this has already been a Hall of Fame wrestler for a real long time. Um, they're putting him in as, I guess you'd call him an active wrestler still. Um, you know, he's going to have a match at WrestleMania, presumably against Dominic. Um, and I don't know, I have gone back and forth about how I've felt about Ray Mysterio for a lot of years because. I've never enjoyed how WWE has used him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought always he was way more over than the level of his push. I yep. thought there were times where they set him up in a lot of like bad situations. I thought they booked him into oblivion. They had really no idea how to use him any better than they had an idea of how to use the big show, really. Um, and he, <laughs> you think about him. And how influential he is! Like you can't run like uh, like a modern wrestler out there, and you ask them like who their biggest influence are. A lot of them are gonna say Rey Mysterio, right? Um, you know, this was inevitable. I mean, everyone gets in the WWE Hall of Fame, but um, it, it's cool. Ray will get to uh, go up there and, and and talk and all that. But maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe if they don't turn this to an angle or anything, but. 
you know, I I see this guy and I look at him like he could have been even bigger. So it's like it, it doesn't hit the same for me. Like I I was I just hated the constant he's an underdog thing. Like it's just like it, just let him be spectacular, man. Like and then you know he's he probably was wrestling a lot of opponents over the years where it was just not the ideal opponent for him. Uh, you, you just wish he got to wrestle a lot better wrestlers over the time periods that you know he was he was working. And I think Rey Mysterio in a different place maybe throughout all this time might have been more exciting. Uh, but uh, Ray's much more your guy than he ever was mine. So what what are your thoughts on Rey Mysterio? I mean, you're ultimately right, but I, I think it takes people like Ray to and Daniel Bryan's and uh, of that ilk to like to break through to a certain level for eventually for that to like change people's expectations or or change the paradigm and like for people that's for people that are under five foot nine like to to become actual top of the car stars in wwe and in you know major amrest is a big fucking deal even still today and like the idea that this dude is like what how tall is ray five three five two yeah five four yeah like for somebody that's like that height to have had this kind of staying power, um, and be able to you know, I don't want to you know do the Jericho Undertaker thing and reinvent himself and blah blah blah, but like the the part where this person was able to stay around and like be respected by so many people, be one of those respected wrestlers of generation. Like I think it's a, I think that kind of is a testament to like the kind of, um way he handled himself in, in, in his business, which is like, you know, like he came in the air and was like, there were real sharks in the water, right? Real sharks in the water. He was in that locker room with, with, with the, with, you know, the NWO brother, like that's, that, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or the one right next to it. He was backstage with him. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I so to start from that point, to or even the starting point really is like CMLO thought he was too small, so he, so 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 he ends up in Triple A in, in, in the freaking you know like Rebel promotion, the Outlaw Mud Show, and make it makes it from there, right? Uh, because he's friends with the guy with the top star in the company, Conan. So like yeah, like it's this was a really this was a really improbable journey uh, for this dude to become uh, you know. A person that can command the kind of dollars he ha- he's had um, in in you know the last few years, and I I just think that like you're right about like it shouldn't have been this hard. We should have known that that was the way the game was coming. Like you know, but like the idea that he came into the game when like people were saying like Brett and Sean were too small when he when he started, right? Like the, right. like we're talking about people that are that have you know. Six inches of height Six on him. Six inches and maybe. how many, you know, how many uh, kilos on him, right? Like that's a, that's the starting point, right? And then to take, and he's, and he has, and they didn't have masks on, right? In America, like so, it's it's it was a long, long process, and um, like I think, I think obviously he's a he's a pioneer, he's an innovator, he's all of that, um, but like it's 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 
it's beyond that kind of stuff. Like I can't even put into words like the kind of like level influence he's had on this business. Like you look at AEW and you see um, all the Lucha Libre is up and down that card, uh, and, and also on that roster, like the influence and like a lot of that is going back to watching, you know, the WCW Cruiserweights and what that did to um, the people that, that became the wrestlers um, here, and I. I I don't think it'd be overstated, like how big of a deal this uh, this dude was to the future generations behind him. Like he definitely, you know, <laughs> moved the game forward. Yeah, um, I I wish he would have been um, kind of allowed to break through and not been booked into uh, oblivion. Like when he had the chance to really like get to the main event in WWE, and uh, you know he was, you know, I. I don't. I don't want to go through it too much, but it was just. I was. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, man, what are like? I was thinking about every year at WrestleMania, uh-huh. what he was doing right throughout his career, and I was like, well, 2003, I think he was in a match with Matt Hardy. <sighs> 2004, the Cruiserweight Open, they kind of built that whole thing around him. Mm-hmm. Um, 2005 opener Eddie. with with Eddie Guerrero, yeah. and his mask is falling off the whole time. Uh, 2006, a nine-minute three-way match where he wins the world, the second world title, and then gets booked into oblivion in the months uh, following. 2007, I don't know what happened there. Maybe an injury. Um, 2008, same. Don't nothing. Nothing jumps out at me. 2009, um, still nothing jumping out at me. Um, can't remember. Was it Cody? No, that's 2010. Okay. Wait, no, actually, CM Cody's CM, Cody is, CM Punk's 2010, Cody's 2011. Okay, okay. Um, and then, like, you know, after that, it's like, I can't think of a single, like, year where it was like, there's any, they, they thought right. to, like, JBL. Okay, JBL. Swash. Okay, yep. Okay. That, that 15 second match. Okay. Um, but, like, I'm like, yo, why weren't they, like, using him in, like, top three positions? Like, for, like, they were looking for people that were, uh, you know, they, as much as they were struggling in the early tens, right? Mm-hmm. And I know Ray was injured a lot and everything yeah. like that, but that never stopped them from pushing Randy Orton. That never stopped them from pushing John Cena. That never stopped them from pushing Triple H. Um, <laughs> and, and the list goes on as far right. as like quote unquote injury prone people. But um, you know, I'm glad Raymond Sir has a lot of fans, and a lot of fans are probably not as uh like kind of pessimistic as i am about some of this stuff but the Rey Mysterio i knew and loved was in wcw so um and, and it's never been like for me it's never uh got to that same level uh but you know glad like he's still around uh i i wish he would have left wwe a couple years ago so uh, oh, he could have you know could have got the most out of like the uh the the ability he still has left but um, I, I think, <laughs> ironically, his lasting le- legacy uh, in WWE, in in a way, will be them always trying to find the next him when it was yeah. it's never coming along, like yeah. <laughs> ever, like it, it's it's not happening. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they. It was funny, like Eddie Eddie dies. <clears throat> They used Ray as the payoff of like this catharsis of him winning the title in tribute to Eddie, which every and, and that was perfectly fine. That's 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 pro wrestling. 
and they quickly got off of it because they they seen they saw him as an underdog babyface. Like, but I will say this: given given the way today's standards, at least he got the short title reign. Now we just beat motherfuckers in their in their in their <laughs> in Montreal and call it a fucking day, right? <laughs> uh, and put him in a tag team match at WrestleMania next year uh, or, or coming up WrestleMania. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right that they that they didn't they never were open minded enough to. This guy is doing quarter ratings. The cra- the crowds are hot for this thing. Let's let's go with it and see where it can take us. It did the same thing with Daniel Bryan, right? And that was and that was the the, the history lesson when you were watching the Daniel Bryan Kane stuff happening right after WrestleMania 30 was like, yep, bro, they they completely destroyed Ray after this. Now he's got her getting you know. Um, what was he getting? Uh, putting a neck brace by Mark by Henry, yeah, great Kali, yeah, it, Kane, right? And it was like, okay, you're you're not you're you're not really. This is the thing. Like, if you watch enough of this, you know when someone's act, they're actually going with someone. You could tell the clear differences, um, and like that was disheartening at the time. And because uh, it's like all y'all try to do is talk about you know grab the brass ring and when you're hot you're hot and whatever else you got to try to maximize it and then you see them time after time again not do that becky lynch another perfect example right i can go down the list of all the times they've had people get super hot and then they just cut off summer of punk Lacey being, evans yeah, yeah yeah uh i mean hell making it a three-way to begin with yeah yeah um so yeah like it's also that it, match is never happening by the way oh becky and uh ronda yeah oh yeah yeah I mean, who wants it now at this point? Like, if you're like seriously, if you're Becky Lynch, right? And obviously, we, we hear words about like you know tag matches, or whatever else. But like, if you're Becky Lynch two months ago, you'd be like, all right, you know, Becky, you know, you're still the top star in in the company. Got to get you some for WrestleMania. What do you want to do? You want to ha- finally have a Ronda match? <laughs> She'd be like, no. <laughs> like, I don't need to. Uh, as 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 Chicago Phil once said, I don't need to wrestle her. She needs to wrestle me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna be like, uh, I was gonna be more like uh, the Ti. Now, why you want to go and do that? Do that, that, that? Like, nah, man. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, it's just with, with when it comes to that thing with Ray, it's like there, there was always that thing of like, if you have an open mind and you honestly give things a good faith try, you can you you can play it out and see where you go. Right, you play the game as long as you can until you can't play it no more. Vince has never operated that way. And don't be wrong, like there are a lot of bookers that that have been historically like. All right, I got my plans, or I'm cutting this off at a certain date, and I'm moving on. And you know, whatever your philosophy is, your philosophy. But I'd always feel like you're 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 cheating. You're making it harder for yourself by trying to come up with all this stuff. Like you're not like you are a showrunner. Like this is your show, and and you are putting these pieces together. But like you can make it easier on yourself not to stress out uh, in in certain ways by trying to have to force things in a way that um, that that are seem unnecessary at the time. Unbelievable. Yeah. So with, uh, with Ray, they've always left money on the table. With Ray, they always have, and they've always left money on the table. With Mexican wrestlers, because they're still chasing. They're, they're still trying to chase another Ray and Eddie. Instead of letting these people be themselves. Yeah. Racism, very powerful thing. Yeah. Um, so um, no, 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 before we move on from there, right? Yeah. Remember, remember for years, for years, for years. Whether it was um, uh, Sankara, 
whether it was someone like Del Rio, whether it was Andrade, whether it's uh, El Fantasmo now, right? Or Legato in, in general, right? It was always this talk of, well, you got to speak the language to be able to get over, blah, 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 right? Uh, what's taking this so long with Legato? Fantasmo speaks perfect English. I, I was told this man was a can't miss star but, 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 by a friend of ours. Before we got there, before we got there, right? Before we even got Legato up, right? Uh, where, where's Angel Garza? He's who speaks perfect English. <laughs> and is a handsome guy in great in great uh conditioning. I know he got I know he had a bad injury. I'm not I'm not saying, but like they weren't pushing that dude to, to actually get, you know, like they didn't push him half as hard as they push Austin Theory. <laughs> Am I wrong here? Austin Theory. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man. Um yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there yeah. to unpack. Like Del Rio is uh, like the only one who actually like really tried within the last look, decade. And, 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 and what the, what is the thing? And Del Rio is one of those guys where he's way bigger in real life than you even think he is on TV. Right? Like he's a legit like six five. Yeah, something like that, like six four, six five. Yeah. <sighs> the end of the day, like most things in this company, it's just about how big you are. Yep. Um. So uh, I got news shortly before we went on air that uh, the website datpiff.com is shutting down. Um, I saw a um, post about it. And for those of you that don't know what datpiff.com is, uh, datpiff.com is a website that existed kind of from like the mid 2000s to up to current day where a lot of people release uh, mixtapes, uh, a lot of mixtape uh, mixtape stuff were shared and you can download it for free. Uh, a lot of a lot of artists kind of got their um, you know, found a lot of fans through there. That was the first website I ever released a mixtape on. Um, and it was like, wow, cuz I was actually I went on live mixtapes the other day just kind of looking for some old stuff and I was, you know, I wanted to listen to it or whatever. And live mixtapes is kind of like the B-side to to that piff and um, so someone said it shut down today after almost 18 years of service. That Piff's website no longer responds and was already a few months prior acting really slow and unresponsive. Uh, someone in this uh, wrote either it was the people at that Piff who requested it to be shut down or the web server was suspended by their web provider because either they didn't pay to keep the website up or their subscription or whatever web provider they have ended and didn't renew unless it gets revived and that Piff most likely won't come back. Uh, the development support for the website ended back in 2020 after they launched their app. Um, and it was just like a really great place to listen to music, to find and create mixtapes. And it's a, uh, I think it's a uh, archive of like the mixtape era to the blog era to the streaming era. And there's so much music on there that will never see the light of day on streaming services. And um, really is just like an, an archive like of music that is done I, you know it, like this is like the next uh kind of uh progression in technology within music to where there's no more cds on mixtapes um you know like like that that went out you know before this this came in because it's like well everybody has it on on you know the website they can just download it and now it's got even crazier it's like the dsps and then just like direct downloads and people are able to kind of they don't need sites necessarily like like that piff anymore and it's 
kind of sad in a way. So, um, yeah, like I said, that was the first place I ever uh, put up some some mixtapes to try to, like, start building an online following. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to, <clears throat> to, like, time and place and technology and how the advancements are as far as, like, and with the advancements, like, the further, like, um, like, uh, granularization of, like, people's, like, taste and interests in music in particular. So, you know, like, when you have streaming, like, Netflix and whatever else, or, or let's, let's, let's use something like, you know, Spotify, because make it more apt, right? You can go anywhere and find what you listen to and find what you want or whatever else. An algorithm can get, kind of give you, you know, some tracks that sound similar. You might find artists, some artists along the way to like, you know, fit your mood, especially like the playlist thing. That's why that playlist, you know, stuff is a big deal these days. Um, but before you, we ever had that, like if, you know, you were kind of just directed towards word of mouth for for certain mixtapes like a jeezy mixtape or a wayne mixtape or the game mixtape or or whatever you know dj drama gangsta grove at that particular time and or whatever who kid radio at the time or maybe a little bit before that but like if you weren't by the standards of the early to early to mid 2000s uh internet savvy like you had no clue up up or down or where any of this stuff was and it could take you to certain places where you're just looking around and you're it's a you just you know you're looking for a like a drop of blood inside of a you know from a needle in a haystack like it's just you know it's really um in places like live mixtape and I was more of a live mixtape person than Dad Piff but like in the era when like you don't have an MP3 player in your car if you have anything you have an iPod right or some you know some type of MP3 player like you don't have it actually on your phone. Um, like that place, like, like you mentioned, it was an archive. They had everything, um, you're looking for that weren't albums and you didn't have to worry in like, it's a place that like, as you mentioned, you can't put that stuff on stream because these are a lot of the mixtape stuff at the time was wrapping up with people's beats and like, you got to worry about like, you know, you know or publishing and all that kind of stuff and, and um, sampling fees and all that kind of stuff. And so like, it's, it's, um it's totally different now. Uh, and, you know, when I watch or when I listen to, you know, how new artists or whatever else, and they, they have like, you know, two or three singles and don't have actually have a full established project that they're ready to go with now. Like they don't drop mixtapes. Now they drop EPs that they put on streaming for themselves. Right. right? And most, most is just original stuff now. Right. Right. And, and that's what I mean. Like it used to be like, that was a promotional vehicle. And that's why, you know, promotional use only, you know, on the, on we the, still on the artwork, on the you know, the music is free. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And and that was the thing that made it like, it's like, you can actually see a project. You can see like how people, how people were going. Like, so it was real, it was really cool to see like what sprung up and what, you know, got people on at that time. And, that's kind of out the window now. And like that idea that like, if you're looking for new music, you have to go to a certain number of sites. Like you go to like the hip hop news sites that will have new people, new singles, whatever I was given to them. And you will go to the mixtapes, see who has new mixtapes that particular uh, day of the week. And now it's basically just like, you know, you go on your app and you go to new music on Friday and you see what's there now. Um, it, it's, it, 
like there's just less stuff that you can that you were actually like you're, you're I think it's a lot of the like when you have more selection of stuff, it makes the decision to go play something even harder. And then it makes it like it turns into more of a of a task and just simply pressing play. Like I like I find I don't know if you found this like you go on you go to like, you know, stream something to watch TV real quick. You want to watch an episode of any old thing that, you know, um, just, you know, to kill some time and like you find yourself spending more time flipping through to try to find, you know, something, yeah. something quality as opposed to just like, oh, it's on here. Just press it and then see what, see what happens now. That's, that's, that's definitely what happens to me now with, um, with, with like all these streaming choices. So we actually did get a message in the, um, comment section for Brewhaven that Dapiv just sent out, which actually, um, is, sounds like good news. So despite the rumors, we're happy to report. We still will be supplying you with all the mixtapes you love. We're working on, uh, the technical issues on our app and the site, but we're so act- actively updating our YouTube. Thanks for all the love and concerns, but we promise we're still here. That piff on Twitter just now. So, um, uh, maybe it was like premature on this, but like, I think a lot of the discussion still stands just like, as far as like, even like that piff not being, if it was out of here and if it is, if it is here or not here, it does not mean what it meant, uh, 10, 15 years ago, yeah. which was where, you know, you might take a chance on something you've never listened to before just because it's like, you know, it, it, maybe you have more time to do so then. And, uh, you know, so let's let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Um, GCW. Uh, so there was a report that came out from David Bixon's band that said GCW was actively opposing uh, or uh getting in a legal battle with aw uh it's not a lawsuit um but it is to over the trademarks to fight forever with a video game apparently gcw ran an event in 2021 or 2020 it was called gcw fight forever and it was like their 24-hour streams and each of those had little sub names like of, of shows it was like gcw fight forever then whatever the show is uh, of course, you know, AW Fight Forever uh, has been in the works for years and years now. And it seems like there's uh, every time it seems like they're a little bit closer to the release. There's something that pops up like the game rating uh, deal. They get through that. And now this thing's popping up. Uh, apparently, it's not a money thing. Uh, GCW is now is saying that they want to just know if they're able to use the show name um, still. Uh, but this thing i saw this and i thought as far as like copywriting how ironic that game changer wrestling of all organizations wants to hold something up and clear something up about copyright and ips and infringement when they've been nothing but culture vultures and violators for years and years and years when they are doing GCW presents Chopper City in the ghetto. Yep. When I'm watching the Alley Cat on a graphic with real hot girl shit written on there. Yeah. What are we talking about here, man? I don't know, man. But, I mean, it's like it's definitely all there. Like we've been talking about it. You've been talking about it particularly for for years now. Like I'm looking through the the uh, 
the 2017 stuff right now, right? So, worst behavior. Okay. Mm, Drake. Hit, him, hit him up 2018. Tupac. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Live Fast, Die Young. Rick Ross, the man involved in wrestling now. The G-Code. Hmm. Juvenile. The Dynasty. Jay-Z. 400 Degrees. Juvenile again. To Live and Die in L.A. Tupac Shakur. Yeah, man. The block is hot. (laughs) Various rappers from New Orleans, Louisiana. Beg for Mercy. 50 Cent. G-Unit. Like you mentioned, Chopper City in the ghetto, right? You already did that. I can't feel my face, right? Like that Wayne and uh, Joel Santana mixtape. Look, that never even mixtapes weren't saved, James. They, they had a show called 56 Nights. Yep. Ready to Die 2020. Yeah, man. They, like they have been doing this for a long, long, long time. Bring them out, T.I. Like <laughs> the last resort. Like uh, it's it's, you know. It, it, they they've been they have been doing it for years and like some people may ask me rich why do you care about this stuff why because i am a rap artist i am someone that is plugged into the the rap culture and i don't care whether a different organization was using like indie rock band names for their shows or anything that's not my that's not my battle to to fight on their behalf but when we're talking about GCW doing this with this very specific aesthetic they're they're trying to market for with who they use on their shows, the audience that they're doing, you know, shows for, and then just having no kind of clue uh, and not contributing anything to the culture. I'm sorry. A midnight show on WrestleMania weekend that you have to wait until midnight to go to to attend is not enough. Sorry. Um then you you start thinking about all right if you're just like you're you're marketing all this stuff and it's like people worked hard on those ideas and those concepts and if it was me and i and i knew about this and i was like you know a little further in the game than i am and they were like yeah you know what would they got uh gcw one lifetime i suit a brace off their ass like straight up <laughs> well gcw dream machine not on my watch partner won't won't be none of that like like yo because you're not like actively contributing anything like you could reach out to to some of these artists or whatever and maybe they would like co-sign you which would go a long way in, in doing this like you didn't put no money on bg's books to name your shit chopper city in the ghetto like what are you doing like no, no. And, 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 and I mean, in fact, like one of the funniest things I heard was that like BG just got out and the first, one of the first people to reach out to him was Birdman. It was like, why? Is Birdman finally going to give him all the money he owed him? No? Okay, then what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. Like, and, and I sent a tweet out that got a lot of traction, uh, pretty much like 90% positive, and then 10% of people coming back and, you know, having different discussions and forums about it. And, you know, we famously on Twitter, like maybe like a year and a half ago, was myself, uh, Adam Yuri, a couple other folks. I just decided to to start taking GCW to task and, and putting out fake GCW show names and seeing who would know the difference between the fake ones and the real ones. And it was like a good six hours of that day. And I got 
messages from from people uh, at different outlets like the Ringer that that work at the Ringer now saying, hey, you know, I, we appreciate you, you saying something about this and stuff like that. And just like, yeah, man, I, I just don't think it is. Uh, I don't I don't find the uh, the innocence in it personally because this is something like like these things this is to me this is no different than pat boone re-singing tutti frutti like it's the same shit to me like i don't know and, and the thing is like no people aren't going to talk about this because people don't know why to be mad at something like this or like and i'll say they don't care they don't care and, and it's yeah. like all right if, if we don't talk about this shit who will who's going to set this shit straight and i'll i'll talk to whoever wants to talk about it come and tell them to come see me and, and i'll tell them why this is incorrect should not fly and if they want to keep doing this there's ways they can do it right but they're just trafficking an aesthetic and i think it's lame yeah, I don't disagree. Um, and like for me, it was one thing when it was just like, all right, well, there's name after you know rap albums, and then like, and then it just kept going, and it's like, and their profile raises, and like, uh, what's on those cards, what's in those crowds, is like, who who's what? What are these names for exactly? This is odd. <clears throat> It is like okay, like you know, you 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 see enough about uh, you know cultural appropriation that it's like all right, there is no like even to me to, to a certain extent with uh, cultural appropriation or whatever else. I have my 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 good faith questions of like what is on the perpetrator, right? Like if you are a white person that grew up watch listening to Michael Jackson and Prince. And you make a song that sounds like Prince and people get mad at you. I'm like, well, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do with this white person that, that actually grew up listening to this person, right? Like Michael Jackson, right. Michael Jackson and Prince are at a level to where like they they are beyond like belonging to, you know what I'm saying? So like I don't know what to do with that. But something like this is like, oh no, this is clear, this is cut and dry. Like this is this is far this is a lot this is a lot more fucking simple than worried about like what you think of like I don't know Bruno Mars or Justin Timberlake or some shit like that. That's a lot. <laughs> this is a lot more easier to spot out because like ultimately like the 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 thing that uh, when I think of cultural appropriation is like the problem isn't necessarily to me personally isn't necessarily like in good faith anyway. Um, what this person uh, took influence from. And then the outsized level of success they're getting compared to other people that do something similar because they look different. Like, so I don't really hold it against people that do, like I mentioned, like the, that, that sort of thing. But when is this is like, okay, all right, there, there is no, there's nothing there. You're just stealing names. Right. It's one thing when it's like influence. This is like just flat out just taking names just cause. And like it, it, you know, it's been it's, it's become more and more blatant after you you know you talked about it and had to just keep going with it, and then like you talk to someone like that has fucking shows named after them or, or named uh, as a part of like you know their big yearly show like Joey Janela, and then Janela is talking like, well, what are you supposed to do? And it's like, okay, I I, I see that there actually is no like 
concern for this. This is a problem. Right. right. Um, I, I, I've seen people say, you know, if they stop doing this, this will be the end of like, you know, the, the indies and stuff. That's not true at all. You, I think you can name um, things, whatever you want to name them. They can name that if shit. If it's GC- not been done. Look, they could do that shit like Glate does and be like GCW version five, version six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They could do that. That shit ain't gonna cause them to uh, Look, to not be able to uh for, to sell pay per views. And for them to be so interested in using Fight Forever now, that stinks. And that that is like you know when my conspiracy brain starts rolling, it's like, huh? Why are you wanting to hold up the AEW game? Uh, Mr. Brett Lauderdale, whose picture with Stephanie McMahon um, at, at times, you know, what, what's the deal here? Why don't you just steal another rap song and name it? I can give you one. It can be GCW 24 Hours to Live. How about that? GCW Last Day. GCW One Day. <laughs> GCW Day One. GCW day one. Look at that. Right. You, you can you can just just steal another one since since you have no problem stealing. Do that. Shout out to Young Dro day one. Right. I can't Matt wait. Quick. I can't com. W- the conversation's full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so where do we go to next? Or do you want some more? So this? stupid. Look and and, and and hurry up and clear this so I can start making my goddamn money off the video games. <laughs> GCW stopping bags out here. Jesus Christ. All right, so what's next? <laughs> All right. Y'all know what, what time it is. WWE 2K23 is out. So, like every year on One Nation Radio, it is time to review the ratings. I have them listed and in order. So, this should actually help move things along so, a little bit. So, here's my question, right? Like, before we get into the ratings, let's take a macro. Let's pull all the way out and take a macro uh, look at this. Um, should anyone besides Roman Reigns be rated over ninety five? In kayfabe, um, as far as the all time roster or like the current people, current, current, current. You can make an argument for Bianca Belair. Okay, sure. Maybe, maybe even Gunther, right? Yeah, like, after that, no. I guess, I but I guess what I'm saying is like, after you name whoever you name, whether it be Cody, you know, um, a certain number, like there should be like an actual like, like a gap, like there should be a five <laughs> point gap at the top of the top stars in the WWE, and then a, like a five point gap, and then that's where you start like, you're you know like your Seth Rollins who can't win on pay per view people, man. NKK. Okay. So I am going to, I don't know which, I, I guess I should start at the highest and then maybe we can go down to about 88 because that's their okay. favorite number, right? 88 is like the new uh, eight, is like the 80 for them. Like they've got it, a lot less than last year. Um, no, but I they, mean like, you know, like how you play like a sports video game. Anybody, when you look at a roster, you're trying to see how many 80s do you see on this bitch, and, yeah. <laughs> especially on a football yeah. game. And then it's just a, oh, let's see a bunch of like 73, a bunch of 75s and 78s. I don't know about this one. All right. Let's start with the with the top. Uh, Roman Reigns is a 99 overall, and this includes any – he's higher than anybody else. Um Ever. I believe – I, yes, I believe there is a uh, there's a gimmick John Cena like where he is an invisible person 
uh, and his name is Super Cena, and he's 100 overall. That's an unlockable character, right? But as far as people you can select directly out of the box, Roman Reigns, 99, is the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, and, you know, he hasn't been pinned in two years, uh, maybe more than that. And um, as far as him having the 99, it's about time that they've done this. I, I'm shocked no one else has had a 99. Um, Where was he last year? Do you remember? Uh, he was a 95, I believe. Why the fuck would he be a 95 last year? Yeah, or or 96, something like that's that. Still, that's like that one year when like the top player in 2K is like a 97 at the highest. It's like, just put the shit to the highest is 99 and stop fucking around. Like, what are we doing? Brock Lesnar is a 97. Okay. I mean, he did beat him clean at WrestleMania in like, how short was that match? Seven minutes? Something like that. Yeah. So sure. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a 96. That's right. Three behind Roman Reigns. Well, you know, can never hold the title very long. So I guess that has to do with it, you know. Steve Austin could never uh, hold the belt two years in that era, back when the Yo, belt was trading, uh, trading every 115 days. If Yo, that, Steve, probably less Steve than Austin, that. Steve Austin never, ever had a problem selling out Madison Square Garden. So That's true. <laughs> that is true. The Rock, 96. So Austin and, and Rock both 96 together. But, 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 below, but below Brock. Correct. Below Brock. Yeah. Um. Bianca Belair, 95. Okay. I don't have a problem with that one. I'm I, I'm always weird with the... The women's ratings are a little yeah, different. Yeah, it's always weird. Like, the highest one is always, like, lower than the highest man is. And it's like, if they're separate divisions, put them on the same fucking thing. And in your video game, they can never, like, have violence against each other anyway. Who gives a shit? Make them all the same ratings. Who cares? John Cena, 94. He's hmm. five overalls behind Roman Reigns. This is what we're doing. I mean, he left, so, you know, it's time to shit he him. He left. Yeah, he left. Uh, Charlotte Flair, 94. Oof. Um, Look, not in 2023. It's time to talk about it, isn't it? It's time to talk about it. That video clip that was making its way around this weekend from the, the Shotzi and Charlotte SmackDown match uh, this weekend. Um, that was like the lowest point of like my Charlotte Flair fandom, I think. <laughs> um, there, the kind of like excuses people were making for her, for them wrestling, like they were in like the underwater level in Super Mario Brothers. Like the aquatics. I, yeah, um, no, that doesn't fly. If, if if she has to slow down to that obvious cooperate cooperative like level of speed for her to then do her her uh, her arm assisted middle rope hurricane rana, then just take that club out of the bag and say we're not doing that shit because this looks fake as fuck. Um, this was not this was not a. Uh, or that particular clip that was making, that was not like a good time for um, the Charlotte is the greatest woman's wrestler of all time camp. Um, particularly after like that, that weekend stardom had last weekend, but whatever. Um, obviously, you know, no one cares because there's a Japanese woman on the other side of the world who gives a fuck, but whatever. But like, nah, man, like 
there are there are teenagers that fucking smoke her over there. They just are, and I ain't talking about stardom. Hulk Hogan, ninety four as well. So Cena and Hogan, both ninety fours, along with Charlotte. Yeah, that that makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, whatever. All, those, like, all three of those people exactly the same. Was it 14, 14 title reigns? Something from Charlotte? I think that's the number. Because I yeah. I can't remember. Because you know they changed. Much like yeah. her dad, they changed like the number now. Yep. Sometimes it's sixteen. Sometimes it's fourteen. Sometimes NXT titles count. Sometimes they don't. I don't know. Ronda Rousey at ninety three. I I don't know, man. Uh, one thing I will mention is like you haven't mentioned Becky Lynch's name yet, and that that kind of raises. I have me. not, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of strange. Actually, I lied. That's actually something that was more interesting. The some reason the uh the text is black here. Becky Lynch, ninety six overall. Okay. Okay, look, she should be in front of Charlotte, so whatever. She's in front of Charlotte. They got that right, but she's in front of Bianca, and Bianca's beat her like a drum every time she's faced her. So, oh, about that one. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the that's the kayfabe thing. There's also the part where it's like uh, Bianca's still not as big a star as her, even though they have in good faith been one of the people that's actually they've actually tried with. Uh, in I'll WWE. say this. Becky Lynch's WrestleMania match has a lot more focus than Bianca's or Charlotte's. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I think that comes to the part where like they they gave her a really good opponent and it's they and that they're always over and they don't really feel like they need to do much because it, they're also the part with the language factor. I don't know, but um, if you ask me, out of all these matches, what I'm excited to see out of the women's division. It is Bianca versus uh versus Asuka. It ain't close. Like like Daria and Charlotte thing. It, like they had a great match last match they had at WrestleMania. Uh, Charlotte, I, when did she had that level? When did she been at that level? When was the last time she was at that level? Was it that? Was it 2020? Was the last time she was at that level? Might might have been. Yeah. Um, Randy Orton also 93. That's interesting. Um, Because before he left with his injury, and obviously that was was like a year ago, you can make an argument he'd be higher. And then it's also, and then like, it's really hard to do with like a person like him that's like, he's old money, so he should be higher, but he's not for some reason. Um, Yeah, it's, it's really hard to figure that one out. Edge, 93. I bump him down to I bump him down to like a ninety and say tags only. I put I put a I put a code in where he can't do he can't come out he can't cannot come out the garage. That car can't come out the garage unless it's accompanied with another car and a plenty tag. Of gr- plenty of grit. Um, <laughs> you, you know both did, both of those. Did you pop? Him. Did you pop during Chris's uh promo on the Go Home Show when he actually mentioned grit? <laughs> I think it, I, I didn't notice it in real time. I did. Christian is Christian is completely hundred percent outworked this man. He outgritted uh, that man. Sir Sam says both one of the both of those guys won below Cena. So uh Trish Stratus also ninety three. That's right. Trish Stratus, exactly the same as so uh Randy Orton. Is so are Naomi or Sasha in the game? No. Or are they gone? 
Okay. They're gone. Okay. Triple H, 93. I'm shocked at this. Triple H, Randy Orton, and Edge are all the same level, and John Cena's one ahead. Look, man. I am shocked. I I am shocked Triple H didn't make himself 95 along with The Undertaker. Look, this is what I'm going to say. Um, There has been lots of talk among certain podcasters about um, who has the final say, who really has the final say. I'll say this. If Triple H really had the final say, <laughs> he ain't gonna nail 93 in his video game. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know Triple H is very particular about his portrayal in video games. Absolutely. I believe there was a old story about there for the promotional materials. Triple H was not allowed to be uh, in a compromising position. Like he was not allowed to be getting beat up uh, in the promotional photos or things like that. Like, um, so I keep that Triple H in mind as we go we're through. About the guy, we're talking about the guy that in front of Joe Briscoe said he didn't look believable that, that Kurt Angle could beat him in a fight. <laughs> the fucking Olympic gold medalist wrestler. <laughs> and then Joe Briscoe said, and why you turn into, why do you go see about it? And then Triple H has shit to say. <laughs> Shout out to Joe Briscoe. This man, is, this egomaniac is ru- is running the company now. <laughs> well, you know that's you know he's the good one, James. <laughs> he's oh the good God. one. <laughs> that's like when oh. people talk like, like you know that's the good billionaire. I was, I, no, look, I love Beyonce as much as y'all do. There is no she's a good billionaire, including her. Sorry, it is what it is. Bump that Renaissance though, still do. Bobby Lashley, ninety two. A lot of ratings respect shown for for Bobby Lashley here. I think maybe a little bit higher. I didn't expect that, especially with some of the people that are behind him. I I think with a lot of the the whole you know two plus years of protection with him, I think I think that paid off for him. Hollywood Hulk Hogan ninety two. I'm sorry, what? That's right, Triple H in front of Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Look, man, um, as you mentioned about, about Steve Austin being be- behind Roman Reigns and being able to sell out the, 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 the garden, uh, but Roman Reigns can't. Uh, why the fuck is Hollywood Hogan at 92? What? It gets what even funnier. Shit? The next person on the list, Seth Rollins, 92. Brother. Um... You're trying to tell me that Seth Rollins meant as much to wrestling as Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Let's put it this way, right? I think... What? Look. um, Look. I- I'm with you. Here's the thing. Me and you, we're both saying this while acknowledging that we, me, me and you both hate Terry Bollea, Hulk Hogan, whatever the fuck you want to call him, a yes. thousand times more than we've ever hated Seth Rollins. Yes. Seth, you have no business being here. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. And why the fuck is Hogan only 92? This is dumb. It's like, you're just like, hey, bro. Like, uh, it'd be like looking at Ty Cobb's numbers and be like, it'd be like, I don't know what to do with this. I know what to do with this. Put on that plaque. That man was a bigot and he was, and also put on that plaque. That bigot was awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, am I wrong here? You can acknowledge you can acknowledge he's a fuck up, but you ain't, you ain't gotta lie at the same time. Right. Rob Van Dam, 92. 
Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Seth Rollins. The same. First off, um, I do appreciate. I feel like they. That's a that's a huge shout out to Rob. Is Rob going to Hall of Fame or did he going already? I believe he already went in. Okay, so Rob in '92. I like that. I like in a. I, I like that in a vacuum. Um, the problem is in context with the rest of these scores, it's kind of funky, but yeah, like we get to these 91s, this group of 91s is just going to make you be like, what is going on here? Oh God. Okay. And the nineties are pretty bad also. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Let's get to these 91s. 91 Vader. Mm, Okay. 91. For Cody Rhodes. Huh. Thoroughly dominated Seth Rollins and comes in behind him. Sure did. Sure did. Look, underneath all those, uh, underneath Lashley, underneath, um, let's see. You haven't mentioned McIntyre or Gunther yet. I have not. Oh, God. So. um, Or Sheamus. Coming up next, Drew McIntyre, 91. 91. Him and Cody are the same. That's weird, man. Like, you would figure they'd just put them both, like, him and, you put, like, Lashley, Seth, and those two, like, kind of together. Kind of. Um, FTR Bald's favorite character, Bret Hart, 91. Bret Hart's a 91. That's right. Cody Rose and Bret Hart, exactly the same. No, no. Seth Rollins over Bret Hart. I'm sorry. What? Yes. What are we doing? Bailey, 91. I don't know what to do with that because that woman's division is so, like, bombed out and depleted that I don't even, like, she might, she's like like the last really high one you can rank. I would put Asuka there too, but, like, you know, they're, they're you know, they're weird with Asuka. But, um, Bruno Sammartino, 91. That's right. Seth Rollins better than Bruno Sammartino. I mean, look, to be fair, Seth is a better pro, is a better in ring performer than, than, than Bruno. I'm not so whatever. He, uh, look, I tell you, he ain't a better talker than Bruno. He ain't a better. He's not a better draw. <laughs> That's for damn sure. But um, yeah, man, like you know, Vince always had this Roman Reigns thing. eight points over Bruno. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's like he's how many more years does uh, Roman have to go to even catch Bruno's record for uh, title days? So many. Yeah, wasn't like how many thousands was it? It was like seven years. Yeah, it was some shit like that. Yeah, or eight years, I think. When it, I think it's closer to eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Scott Hall in the NWO version ninety. Are they gonna do the <sighs> thing where like, Razor Ramon's higher or no? Uh, it looks like Razor Ramon's not in it. Not in it this year? A, okay. Yeah, I don't think he's in. Okay. Um, you can look, but you can't touch. Jay Uso, 90. Jay Uso's a 90. Jay Uso is a 90. Um, by far the highest uh, rank he's wrestler. ever had. Okay. Um, wonder where Sami Zayn ends up. <laughs> Y'all gonna laugh. <laughs> yes. Jay Uso ahead of Gunther. Correct. 
Um, <laughs> and Sheamus. Uh, Rhea Ripley, 90. Okay. Kevin Nash in the NWO, 90. Okay, sure. Kurt Angle, 90. Wow. I already know the I already know the Sean thing, and that's why I'm not getting too mad. But like that's that's absurd, bro. The Kurt wrestling Angle machine is two behind Rob Van Dam. Yeah, Kurt Angle is three two behind, behind Seth. Triple H. He's one behind Cody. Kurt Angle is five below the Undertaker. <laughs> He, okay. Nine behind Roman Reigns. What is Brock at? Brock is a 97. Brock is a 97 and Angle is a 90. How, how many of Ang- how many of, of Lesnar's best matches are with Angle? A few of them. Right. This that's 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 wild. L- Lita, 90. Sure, whatever. I, I don't care. Sure. Whatever. Yokozuna, 90. <laughs> it sure didn't feel like a 90 when we were watching that shit. Hell no. <laughs> the Macho Man Randy Savage, 89. All right. It's time to pet. That's shit. right. That's right. Macho Man below Jey Uso. Macho yeah. Man below Bailey. Macho Man below Cody Rhodes. Below Seth Rollins. Below Rob Van Dam. Below Edge. Below Randy Orton. I don't look, stop this. Randy, sorry, Randy Savage is one of the few WWE wrestlers. When you look at like the storylines and the matches and like the payoffs, and you compare him to other wrestlers, and you're like, you can be like, yeah, he's one of the very few in WWE history. You'd be like, yeah, that guy was probably better than Bret Hart. That's one of the very few fucking guys you can say that kind of shit about. I, I, that's weird. That's very weird that he's uh, he's in the 80s. And obviously, you know, the weird falling out in the 90s and shit. And then people lead to reckless speculation. I'm not going to go there, but that's weird. Like, that dude is absolutely a pantheonic, uh, like, uh, level wrestler for the history of WWF since Cable or since WrestleMania. Fuck he that absolutely is. Like, you cannot name, <laughs> you cannot name not, or 10 wrestlers that are more important to WWE's history in the last... Uh, well, 38 years or 39 years, then Macho Man Randy Savage, you can't. That's strange, man. JBL, 89. He's JBL and Macho Man, exactly the same. I, I, I never got the JBL thing. It was just like, I never got the fake Stan Hansen thing. Never got the, he's a, a, a drunk, like, uh, ro- not a drunk Brody, but uh, what do you call him? Like he's a he's a tough guy that beats up people and drinks beers and takes their money for protection. I never got the acolyte shit. I I never got the he's a Fox News person. Uh, you know, being being a xenophobe. I never got the JBL thing ever. It's not for me. Sorry. Goldberg eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. This dude was at one point the second most the second biggest person in the industry. All these people I'm mentioning at 89 are 10 overalls behind Roman Reigns. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. You think Roman Reigns could sell oh, George Norman exists anywhere? You think he could draw that? Fuck no. All right. By him, like, on, they'd be like, all right, in, in three days, we're going to announce a random show, 
and it's going to sell 40,000 tickets that he's going to win the title in three right. days, right. 40,000. Right. Cody Rhodes is higher than Goldberg. Yeah, that too. Triple H, higher than Goldberg. <laughs> I expected that, though. Batista, 89. I think they could have showed Big Dave a little more love. You know, if, if Bobby Lashley's a 92, I think Batista could get a 92 at least. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Jimmy Uso, 89. So what? how many points is he? Is Jay above him? One. Okay. Okay. Oscar eighty nine. I was gonna say these are like dominant, like double tag champions, and like they're in the nineties. <laughs> okay. AJ Styles eighty nine. Is AJ still with the company? <laughs> What's the last time you seen AJ wrestle? I think he broke his elbow or foot, broke his ankle or some shit. Oh shit! Okay, I've yeah. drawn. I thought he was yeah. off because, you know, so many people end up just off the pay-per-views now. Yeah. All that TV time leads to like five matches on a show. I'm I'll fine with it, it because it makes their shows faster to get through and, all, and most of the matches end up being like of higher quality than you throw out a seven match or eight match card. I'm fine with that. But it's like if that's the case, that means your paper, your, your TV should be better because like you have more important matches on your TV. I, and I don't seem to ever feel that when I hear people talk about, you know, SmackDown and Raw's. Sometimes on SmackDowns occasionally, but not really on Raws. Um, Braun Strowman, also an 89. That's right. Braun Strowman, the same as the Macho Man. Gunther, an 89. Wow. Kofi Kingston, 89. Hmm. And on to the 88s. All right. I'm going to do these in rapid fire. 88 overall. Andre the Giant, Big E, Farouk, Xavier Woods, Six, China, Booker T, Kevin Nash again, Shawn Michaels, 88, Ultimate Warrior, 88, Umaga, 88. Look at all these brothers as 88s on here. Okay. How is. How is. Sean Andre- Michaels. How are Sean oh, and Andre? How are Sean and Andre eighty eights? But fucking X Pac six Waltman is is an eighty eight. That makes no fucking sense, bro. Sean Michaels. If you give him ten overalls, he's still behind Roman Reigns. Yeah, bro. Sean Michaels is an eighty eight, while Triple H is a ninety three. Shawn Michaels is an 88 overall, while Lita is a 90. Let's put it this way, right? Shawn Michaels is an 88, while both Uso brothers clear him. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, like, Shawn Shawn Michaels main invented three WrestleManias in four years. And those aren't the only WrestleManias he's main evented. Right. I think he's main evented like five or some shit. My, my, my point being, why the fuck is he an 88? <laughs> if you main event WrestleMania three times in four years, 11 with, uh, oh wait, the 11 main event was, uh, was Diesel, right? No, that was a semi main event. It was Lawrence Taylor, wasn't it? Yep. Okay, so I've drawn. Either way, he main evented two WrestleManias in three years. Right. 
That's, that's right. That's weird. That's right. Edge five overall is better than Shawn Michaels. That's right. On what planet? Ronda Ronda Rousey five overall is better than Shawn Michaels. Do we know for sure? She's coming back for sure, right? Who? Ronda. Is she already uh, back? I no idea. No idea. Okay. Um. Yeah. Unbelievable. Eighty-eight overall, and Ultimate Warrior also eighty-eight, which is kind of funny. So Gunther was an eighty-eight, but they realized That's we stupid. can't. We, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> so what because they, they, they bumped him up to what? They bumped him up to eighty-nine because oh. they didn't want to want the Nazi oh. eighty-eight thing on him. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yep. Speaking of Nazis, it just brought up the Kanye thing. I ain't think about that. Yeah, but yeah, man, that's uh, mm, mm. That's right. Braun Strowman better than Andre the Giant officially. Kofi Kingston better than Shawn Michaels officially. It's wild, man. It's wild. Rob Van Dam better than Shawn Michaels officially. That's a great point. What the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) What else we got? The Undertaker way better than Shawn Michaels, apparently. (laughs) Way better than him. Let's see. Um, Okay. Now, everything below this is like there I'm just going to kind of okay Razor Ramon is in the game he's okay. a lot lower though okay I'm going to run through these stop me if you find something interesting okay Diesel 87 Kane 87 Beth Phoenix 87 Kevin Owens 87 I was supposed to believe this guy was supposed to beat the guy that was rated 99 overall at some point during this title reign, Better Finn yet. Balor, eighty-seven. Hold on, Owens got Oz's return match at WrestleMania was the main reason why that match went off without a hitch. It was actually like a very good damn match, and they have rewarded him in the year in the year since basically by devouring him so much. And now he's <laughs> he's a fucking mid. He couldn't even person. get an eighty. He couldn't even get an eighty-eight, James. Sheamus, career renaissance, 87. I'm still tripping on, like, you get the Austin return match, you stunt on CM Punk on it, and then, like, you end up in a fucking tag match next year at WrestleMania. (laughs) What was he stunting on? What was he stunting about? I guess because he got the match CM Punk always wanted, which was Austin, but... (laughs) If you told if you told CM Punk was on the was on the business end a year later, he wouldn't want that shit neither. <laughs> Wait, so I get to so I get to be in a tag team where I'm the co-star. I'm not the actual A star. I'm the co-star for the tag team belts. Ugh, ugh. Stinky. Shinsuke Nakamura, who who hasn't been seen in months. Have we seen him since uh since he fought Muda? Muda? Look. No. <laughs> like, I mean, has he been on TV? I don't know. No. Wow. Wow. Scott Hall, 87. Brie Bella, 87. Molly Holly, 86. British Bulldog, 86. Matt Riddle, 86. Liv Morgan, 
86. Karrion Cross, 86. Why the fuck is he that high? Jim Neidhart, 86. Ray Mysterio, 86. Jerry the King Lawler, 86. Rikishi, 86. (laughs) A cast of characters. What is Ray Mysterio doing in there? What is Matt Riddle doing in there? That's right, James. Ray Mys- they think of Ray Mysterio. They think the same thing about Liv Morgan. That this is what I, the point I was trying to make earlier in the show. Ray Mysterio and Liv Morgan have the same rating. This should, this should be these ratings should be abolished. Well, in their well, in Vince's mind, they both got titles that they both didn't deserve, and then they were portrayed as not deserving of them, and then they took the belts off of them to someone that was bigger and better. So Man, yeah, you're kind of right. Stri- strikingly similar pushes. James, you you was really like it, like this is this, is Ray Mysterio the male Liv Morgan? Is this this what we've come to on this show? No, stop saying that. Don't put that. Out there. <laughs> Don't do that. Is do this what we we doing? Don't do that. No, that's what you doing. That's not what I'm doing. You know, I'm doing something the, totally different. The, the ultimate underdog. You know the. <laughs> oh no, man! Said, bitch, that's illegal. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Ted DiBiase, eighty-five. Um, I, I'm shocked Ted couldn't couldn't swing a little bit more for his rating. You know. My question is like, what is MJF gonna be on this game next year? You stupid. <laughs> um, Ron Breaker, eighty-five. Hmm. Alexa Bliss, eighty-five. Wow. The Miz, eighty-five. So it seems like we wasted a lot of time on on those eighty-fives that like we were telling people like that ain't that ain't the way. And y'all keep forcing it and forcing it and forcing it and, and then look how it manifests. Eighty-five. Ilya Dragunov, 85. Mm. Rowdy Roddy Piper, 85. <laughs> Absolutely disrespected. Hey, like I like I asked, first DiBiase was 85. Now, now uh, Roddy's 85. Where is MJF going to come in on this game next year? <laughs> these these shitbag cheating ass heels, they're going to be right there. 85 MJF next year. Take your ass WWE and see what happens. See about it. Go ahead. X-Pac, 85. But six is a nine is a is what eighty eight? Yes. Uh, okay. Razor Ramon eighty four. That's strange. We have arrived. Sammy Zayn eighty four. Wow. This dude always telling me he was the hottest person in the business. The, the problem the- is. We wasn't telling him that that was actually accurate. The video game and the company thought don't so. reflect that's that. What they think, that's what they think of him. Yes, <laughs> this is what they think about you, Sammy Zayn. Yeah. yeah, this is who they think you are. They think you are the same as Damian Priest, who was also in '84. Johnny Gargano '84. Tommaso yeah. Ciampa no, '84. Wait, 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 Gargano and Sammy Zayn are the same. And Ciampa. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. They're below the Miz. They're below the Miz. Below the Miz. Wow. Look, maybe we should listen to these people that try to tell us about the Miz, James. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Um, uh, if if you saw I, I feel like y'all should, like, 
if you're a really big Sami Zayn person, you're hearing this, and you see him at the 84, like, bro, Sir Sam has said it the best. He is 15 overalls behind Roman Reigns. 15 behind him. This is what they think about him. Yeah. They are allowing this game. It, it's already been released. Like, people have this game, and they're playing it already. The, the, the couple days early, the mm-hmm. official release is Friday. But the one where they get early access to it, that's already out. They put this game out into the world with the number 84 slapped on Sami Zayn. So, like, through the court, they don't change, like, the, the ratings and attributes, like, throughout the year like they would on, like, you know, 2K or Madden. Not often. Not not often. I, I can't say I've seen, like, live uh changes sometimes they'll come up with like a uh like a my faction type person that's like mm-hmm. a new mode they're doing and they might have something in there where they're juiced up but mm-hmm. the default rating 84 yikes um check out where sir sam just said the greatest story in the history of wrestling of story excuse me worthy of an emmy and an 84 rating yeah i guess he should have tried to corpse them a few more times Baron Corbin, 83. Raquel Rodriguez, 83. Damn. Dolph Ziggler, 83. Damn. Ezekiel, 83. Ezekiel. Austin, that's Elias. Ezekiel ja- oh, oh, I'm about to say Ezekiel Jackson. So, like, what the fuck? He no. came back win. Elias, wow. They, they should do live ratings in the game, though. Like they should. Uh, Black Saber Jr. brought up, that would be funny. Your push goes down and your rating drops. Uh, everyone would constantly be getting like negative ones throughout the year while Roman's just yeah. keeps Roman going up. 99, everybody else dropping. Like, wait a second. He was like, how the hell did Brock Lesnar go from a 97 to an 87? What happened? Fuck. Why did everybody just go down? Like, no, nah, Roman created more separation because, you know, he yeah. added another 100 days to the reign. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, Austin Theory, eighty-two. James, he they, gets a match it, with Cena. He gets a match with John Cena. James, it, people were trying to tell me this guy's like the future of the business and like he's a can't miss superstar. James, he's an eighty-two on here, man. What? Shayna Baszler's an eighty-two. Carmella Hayes an eighty-two. The Hurricane is an eighty-two. Almost eighty-two. Wow. Montez Ford, eighty-two. Ricochet, 82. Natalia, 82. EO Sky, 82. All right, stop. Solo Sokoa. Stop, 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 stop. I get it. You, you, you just, I get it. I'll, I'll, just stop, please. I'm done. I want no more. Information Solo overload. S- Solo Sokoa, 82. Damn. Tyler Bate, 82. Wait, where is uh, Dakota Kai? We haven't gotten to her yet. Just scroll down to your mirror number. We, we can quit from there. Dakota Kai. Good God. Let's see. Ooh. I am searching. I am searching. Uh, how did, what was that? Roy Ayers. I'm searching. I believe that was. She is an 80 overall, James. All right. All right. We can, uh, we can move on. We get the drift. Boy. These ratings, we br- we we pay attention to these every year because I think it's a it's kind of like the Royal Rumble where we kind of get to see what the company thinks of people at a given moment at a certain point in time, and 
it's funny to pay attention to these year after year. I remember when Jinder Mahal was a champion, he was an 88 overall, which was they knew they couldn't go any higher. But they, they they slowly started dropping him year after year. He was like an 83 after that. And now he's back in the 70s. So um, as far as anyone else that I think is really pertinent, there's just tons of there's tons of muck in the 70s. Don Mysterio is a 78. Um, Who's the lowest rated? Eric Bischoff, 64. Uh, oh, but okay, as far as a wrestler, Shanky, 67. Oh, that was the pitcher, wasn't it? No, I don't think Shanky is the picture. Veer is the picture pitcher. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. What's Babatunde? Remember Babatunde? Commander Aziz, I believe. Seventy-one overall. Wow, seventy-one. That man broke up. That man showed up and broke up an Intercontinental Title match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Speaking of that, where's Apollo? Seventy-nine. Wasn't that, wasn't that just awesome that we did that? That was that was the beginning of the Nigerian drum fight. That was the beginning of like the ruination of singles Big E, right there. Yeah, man. So, um, what, what do you guys think of the ratings? Let us know. But yeah, man, this is. Bruhaven said, uh, "Papa H has no love for his NXT kids." Nah, man. In, in fact, he ain't got no love for Shawn Michaels. He gave that man an NXT <laughs> job and said, "We dropping your whole career down to '88. Fuck that '95 you 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 built over decades, right? Nah, hey, drop Shawn down Michaels, to- uh, NXT kid, literally. Um, yeah, man. So uh, let's move it over to AEW Dynamite uh, this week. Uh, this was like a post show kind of reset show i think i wasn't particularly like enthralled about the night but uh, a lot of angles the goddamn heat on the show no that didn't bother me but it was just like i just didn't think that stuff was necessarily good Um, i mean that's a part of it is like they're gonna give you a whole bunch of things you know all every all the baby faces got their ass kicked like almost all of them it's like okay like you can give me half of that and then like do the other half two weeks from now jesus um, so we opened up with, uh, you know, did, did some clips from revolution and then it started with Jay lethal and orange Cassidy. When this match was announced, uh, a lot of people online were aghast. They were tired of seeing Jay lethal already. Um, this match was okay. Um, I, I was kind of bored. Um, but you know, orange Cassidy always gets the crowd up. Um, it started, what, what'd you think it is? It started slow, especially, um, uh, them getting to the story of, Orange or of Orange Cassidy has has an injured, damaged uh, knee, and Lethal has an in, injured uh, arm, and like ultimately it didn't kick into gear until they got up both on the apron, and then like they're exchanging chops, and then Orange starts doing like the the you know the you know the soft chop stuff, and then from there, um, it was really good, but it just um I think they played it too straightforward for Orange Cassidy at the start. They didn't give enough of the orange Cassidy stuff at the beginning and then have, you know, then do that stuff and then get back to the goofiness, um, which is kind of the magic sauce of what he does when his magic, he starts with it first. Um, and I think, I think, I think we're kind of so used to it that that kind of hurt the crowd. They're kind of like, we want to see the thing that he does all the time. Do the thing, do your dance. And he was like, no, I won't do my dance till later. 
And he's like, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll be here until you do your dance. And then he did his dance and the crowd got into it. You should do your dance more often. Um, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. I thought the finish was actually pretty creative. Uh, like Exactly. Like, Lethal goes for the Lethal injection, but his arm gives out. Um, and, also, catch- and also, it's embarrassing. It's like, bro, you knew you had a bad arm. You still tried it, and he, <laughs> and he fucking failed. Where's your ring savvy? <laughs> right. Um, but Orange Cassidy ends up getting the win. Um, and there was Lethal was going to attack him, but Bryce Ramberg basically tells him to go away. And then all of a sudden, the last outlaw appears right. uh, and attacks Orange Cassidy and hits him with the guitar in the knee. And we know this is the setup for one of 2023's most anticipated matches. Jeff Jarrett challenging Orange Cassidy for the newly dubbed AEW International Championship. I can't wait. So, Jay Lethal was ultimately just a guy that was there to soften him up. He's just a goon now. Yeah. I I never really took Orange Cat. I never really took Jay Lethal as a goon to set up for Jared, who is the real big act, heel act of the thing. I, I just thought they were just a, a tandem. That was weird to see, like, the whole have the match, have the well-fought match, lose, Distract the ref so that I know that Jared's about to come in after this long ass match and then like take his knee out because I knew I was never going to actually beat Orange Cassidy. Why? Then why did you quit earlier? It was it was it was it was whatever. But like I will say this: um, when Jer- when Jared came out and Cassidy was down still and he hit and he bashed that fucking thing over his knee, I fucking howled. Because mm-hmm. you know, normally you know you, you see him with the guitar, you expect this to bash on his brain in, and he's like, okay, he's gonna smash it. But when he hit that knee, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Because like, because <laughs> I had never seen it bashed over someone's knee, and that shit exploded, and then Orange had to sell the leg. That shit was funny. Sound like Double J when he over, you know? He popped uh, me. He's always popped me with the, with the guitar stuff though. So like, that ain't really I, nothing new. Look. Uh, I'm I'm saying it now. Strap up, Double J. What we waiting on? Uh, I wouldn't do. Let's that. do it. Let's do it. I wouldn't do that, but because I I can't really <clears throat> be expecting Jeff Jarrett to be out here having championship matches in 2023. That's dumb. Like I dreaded watching that man in the ring in a tag match uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> So uh, after that, we um, we learned about the break in that Warlow suffered. Uh, I was completely fooled by this thing. I thought this man actually got his shit jacked. Uh, that's a lot of trouble to go through. So I don't really feel bad about being fooled on on that one. Um, <clears throat> so they did an interview with Hobbs backstage. Basically said he was going to win. Uh, he would never get jacked. Uh, essentially, in his neck uh, of the woods. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing Warlow has, and he doesn't. That's a right to be called champion. He's going to take that from tonight. Uh, Ricky Starks came out, uh, got on the mic, said he's done it all. He gets people to ask him what's next, and the truth is he's not sure. Always love hearing that from our baby faces. Um, but <laughs> the, the question... I ain't got no, let, just want to let you, you people know that it, believe me, I don't know what, what I'm doing from here on out. <laughs> I, have, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm I showed up ball. to this building I, and I, I was lost. I have no goals. I have nothing left to aspire for. Haven't I haven't I inspired enough of y'all? I ain't got none for me. I have nothing to, I have nothing for myself. I was giving all to y'all. That's when you turn hill when you say shit like that. Yeah. But the question that weighs on his mind is not what he's gonna do, but where he's gonna go next. And all of a sudden a bullet club graphic popped up, music appeared. Starks uh, was looking at the uh, entrance, and then all of a sudden, Juice Robinson came in, 
uh, attacked them. And I saw this, and I was like, I saw Cody Rose versus Juice Robinson. I did not like that pro wrestling. Um, big feud for Juice Robinson to kind of try to carve some real estate, and I feel like I say that for him all the time, and it has not quite taken. Uh, whether it was John Mosley or Darby Allen, didn't stand out in any way against either of those guys. And now Ricky Starks, um, if you ask me who – you know, are you what kind of you know match do you have an easier chance with? It might be Darby Allen, it might be John Moxley. Um, Juice versus Starks here. Uh, I feel like this is a short thing for um, Ricky to to get a win and then launch into whatever he's going to do next. But this is about to be a gentleman's three. You sure, Seth? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I won't disrespect him too hard. Look, man, I have no interest whatsoever. Um, like, I gotta People see. Were just Juice begging gonna... for that Jericho thing to end. Sorry, people were just begging for that Jericho thing to end. You know. Yeah. Um. There, there's no way to have a match as good as that from uh, that opener. And like, I wasn't necessarily thinking that was a great match. I thought it was a very good match. That's like a three and a half, three and three quarters type of thing. Um. Yeah, I just don't think Juice got getting the board with me first in AEW for anything else. Like, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna keep my arms crossed and and not want him on my screen until he until he comes through. So you have to prove it because he's had opportunity and has not worked, as you mentioned with notable people that always have good fucking matches. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, he, he, look. <sighs> Can you imagine if Jay Lethal came in wrestling like that? He would never. He would never be brought back. He never be brought back. Nope. Ars Fox never would have seen him again. Yep. Um, I think the thing with Juice is, you know, people have heralded him as this great promo and everything like that. But I got news. He's a wacky people. promo. It's very wacky, and a lot of his stuff was built on cussing. Right. A lot. Yep. You can't cuss on national television like that. You know, you can. You can. It's AEW, so you can probably drop a shit. Here or there, or or an ass, um, or something like that. But like, I think a lot of his stuff was built on cussing. Uh, the stuff that I've seen, at least. Uh, maybe yeah. there's more stuff. That's, but, that's I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So like, you know, and we all know the rap on Juice since 2019. He's not been the same. I don't know what happened to him. Monstars got him. I I don't know, but I'm I'm just thankful he he didn't choose to show up as a blues brother again. <sighs> Um, I, I, I don't think I've, I don't like Hill Juice Robinson. I haven't liked it. Um, I didn't like that G1 run last year. It was, it was very, uh, underwhelming to say the least. Like he was in there with Will Ospreay and he had to go out there and have the first half of, or the first half of Ospreay's run, um, in those Budokan Hall shows was, I need you to hurt me hurt my neck so I can get to Naito and then Naito, you know, has a master class on my neck and it wasn't even that good. It is Will fucking Osprey. So, um, yeah, man, I, um, I just don't like this Hill thing with him. Um, I haven't heard any of his Hill promo work, so I, I can't speak on that, but like when he was a baby face and he was, you know, flamboyant stuff, like he was a wacky promo, but he was fun at times, right? I don't know what it's going to look like in AEW. Um, 
we got. I just I, I want to hear him talk first. I want to see where it goes. I want to. I'll, I'll give him that and like, but to see where he goes with as far as talking. But promo. I'm sorry. As far as match, he got the, he got proof with me. To me, he comes off as a guy that knows he might have missed his chance to kind of become a real big star. And now he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of accepted, like, his lot in life here. But, um, you know, and I think you can take that back to some of the questions that uh, I think even Strongside was asking him uh, back in the day where he just kind of gave these awkward answers. It was like, you know, why do you think you, you haven't got, like, you know, you're – your chances compared to other people that are Americans that have been in New Japan uh, as far as America. And he just gave it like, I don't know. It just, I, I think he's peaked. Um, and maybe, maybe that's, you know, that's all right. Maybe he can just come in and be a, a good contributor. We shouldn't be expecting superstardom from yeah, Steve yeah. Robinson, but yeah, but like, if you're going to get, if you're going to be asked to be a contributor, like you better contribute like Trent or, or, uh, or Frank Azarian, because like we could have Frank Azarian turn heel and he have good ass matches. I mean, Kazarian don't work here no more. So, well, you know what I mean. Someone of that ill that fit that role of being a person yeah. coming to like shit. Christian, fine. Shit, you want to say to Christian? Christian comes in. Mm. He feels his role. He feels that role of being a guy that comes in. Jay Lethal too comes in mm. has really good matches normally. So after that, we got an interview with Wardlow. He was in an FTR t shirt. I was like, man, we couldn't get that brother nothing else to wear. Um, but you know, he, he he was there. He said he doesn't have his gear tonight, so he wants to match. Uh, to be a false count anywhere, anything goes match tonight. Uh, I like he, the idea that that they're trying to get us to believe that um, one of the FTR guys like handed him down that gear out of they out of whatever they got, and like they wear the same size stuff that Warlow wears. That's what they tried to. That's what they tried to put over on us. That's not the worst thing that they tried to pull over on us uh, this evening. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, said nobody's gonna take the TNT belt away from him. Okay, partner. Um, <clears throat> Renee's in the ring. She said to interview Ruby Soho. Uh, Ruby came out. Uh, she said it's pretty obvious why she joined up with Saray and Tony Storm. Says we all created this monster. That's right, us people with the power. Um, she said her very, very first again match was against uh, title match was against Britt Baker, and when she lost. These people were thrilled. True. Um, so many people fast forward past that to the semifinals of the Owen Hart tournament where she faced another homegrown in Chris Statlander. Remember the response that what she got when she beat Statlander? They booed her out of the building. True. Um, then we got the revolution when Jamie hit her pinder in the middle of the ring. She realized no one was ever going to come to her defense. No one's going to be mad when she lost and no one in AEW would ever appreciate her, but she's not the only one. Uh, Tony Storm came here and was so unappreciated that she got called an interim champion. Uh, now, this was Cap. She said, we all begged Saray to come out of retirement, and then all these fat, neck-bearded, mouth-breathing trolls came after her in a moment's notice. They've been outcast since the moment they came to AEW. Uh, James, uh, or she said, basically, the broken foundation is the entitled shits in the back. Rookies that think they deserve the world, so she wants to bring out her entitled rookie opponent, Sky Blue. I thought it was actually a good promo uh, for being a you people promo. Yeah, it's one um, of the better you pro- you people promos I've heard in a long time. Yeah, um, I, I specifically remember the Statlander thing, like for sure. That's exactly why she got booed. Like all um, of it, all of it from her from her perspective, all makes is all honest and truthful, right? Like obviously, 
the reason why the crowd immediately went cold on Saray was because like she, you know, went did the big league stuff, right? Yeah. On Brit. Um but at the same time, you can make an argument that like y- y- people got people are too particular about those kind of words or whatever else, especially when like it's two people arguing with each other that don't like each other, right? Like you say mean things to each other, and then all of a sudden it turns into, wait, but Brit is really a star. And it's like who, who gives a shit? There are two people that hate each other. They're gonna lie. It's fine. So, um, so yeah, but but like yeah, so from her perspective, I thought that like all that stuff had shades of truth that are good enough to to be believable from her perspective as a character. And, um, like for me, as far as I'm concerned, she's the leader of that group now. Soraya, Tony, Tony don't really do much of the talking anyway. She's really about the wrestling. And then like Soraya ain't, you know, right now ain't too good at either one right now. And she's, she's the third in the ring. So like, yeah, make that, you know, that is the new riot squad and I'm good with it for right now. Um, yeah, I like I like the direction. I like the promo. I like the match. Honestly, uh, it wasn't like it was some great match or, or even a very good match, but like I like the stuff that um, that she was doing with um, Sky, Sky Blue. Blue. Sky Blue clearly is inexperienced, and she had to stay in there with her throughout the whole match. Yeah, um, like this was decent uh, as far as as far as the promo. Uh, like you said, I think she made some good points, and you know she. The whole Saray thing was, I think, was funny, but yeah. Um, and I think my ears were so trained to look out for the you pupil promo, and then growing that was like, right. oh, she actually like right. kind of made sense. So right, it's uh, like I guess I'll, I I'll give her props on that. Right, it's second I see a, a match that I know is gonna go long, and I see like the heel roll out the ring, I'm like fucking a. Can you just stop? Can you not right now? <laughs> what do What do you make of them being called the Outcasts, James? Um, she mentioned in the promo that they were they were outcasts. Like the name, as far as like the connection to Outcast, the rap group, it's 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 a it's obviously a coincidence. Um, yeah. we're not a coincidence, but like, yeah, that's there. If you want to, you know, say they shouldn't use the name, that's up to you. I think it's fine. I think it's a perfect name for or a perfectly acceptable name for the way she, what she stated in that promo is like, we came from another place and we came here and you liked us for a second and then you turn and you turn or quote unquote, you know favorite other people than us and like now there's no place for us we're kind of displaced you, you, you kind of are social outcasts in this company yeah i'm fine with it i'm glad i'm glad they didn't decide to spell it the same way and use the same oh that would never and, flew. and motif that would and, never and everything like that so uh this is, thank look, this you guys for not doing that this is gcw we stopped this oh <laughs> uh, but so can't Sky wait Blue. can't wait till the equimini uh gcw pay-per-view drops <laughs> GCW bombs over Baghdad, you know. Humble GCW presents humble mumble. Get the fuck out of GCW here. presents Idle Wild, you know. <laughs> no, GCW presents the mighty O. <laughs> GCW presents Liberation. Wow. <laughs> oh. Players ball. GCW players ball. I feel like that's happened. I feel like that's happened. It could have. Um, GCW, GCW Southern Playlist. GCW Family. <laughs> GCW Southern Playlist and Cadillac Music. GCW does their first show in Atlanta. They call that shit AT Aliens. <laughs> sick. Oh. Absolutely sick. Ruby wins with the destination. God damn it, GCW Rosa Parks. Oh, and they do that <sighs> shit. They shut that look. They can, that, that's one. They, will, that's the one they can't do. They'd be like, well, why? I will show up and throw tomatoes <laughs> at the ring. 
Sick. Absolutely sick. Oh, man. Damn you, Adam. Um, GCW so fresh and clean is something they've af- they absolutely have thought about doing that one. They've absolutely thought about doing that. Um. So, post-match, Saray and Tony Storm bring out the spray paint because, of course, got to paint them up. Yep. Uh, and they also painted up Riho this week, which I was not happy about. Um, That's the heat, brother. Yep, they got me. <laughs> they got me. I, I was like, "How y'all scoundrels spray paint Riho out here?" No. So, um, Will Nightingale comes out. She's trying to talk sense into Ruby, but Saray and Tony kind of circled uh, around, and then Willow all of a sudden can't see anymore, and then she got uh, attacked, and then hit with a no future. This was LeBron James, you bum of the month material or week <laughs> material from Willow right here. I, I don't know so much as a bum. She didn't fight as much as she's just a dummy. Like, okay, she comes out to make the save of Sky Blue. She comes out wearing an AEW shirt, which is a dead giveaway. To like, oh, she finna get laid out. Damn dummy. Why are you? Look, why Why are you Willow Nightingale with your own fucking t-shirt coming out in the AEW company shirt? Anyway. Paint it on. Yeah, come down. Obviously, you know, I, it was what? It was her. Was it her, Tony, and uh, Willow that were like a trio? Yes, she was teaming with Ruby. It was Ruby, Willow, who was the third? Was it Was it Tony? Don't know. A few third. months ago. Before. I, I, I don't remember. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, so they were, so they were like a, you know, they were hanging around each other a lot. On, on, on TV or whatever else. So then she's like, you know, kind of doing like, come on, you ain't got to do this. This ain't you. You know, it ain't too this far to you, come. Kobe. Huh? This isn't you, Kobe. <laughs> so, so, then, you know, all three were in the ring. Uh, Rupert's in the middle. Obviously, uh, Soraya and Tony were on the, on the, on the sides. When she rolled in, they rolled out and I was like, what the fuck? They finna, she, like, are they waiting for Ruby to lay her out? And then, nope, they just basically rolled out the side, came, came and rolled in the ring the other side, or sorry, uh, rolled out the ring on the sides, went behind uh, Willow, came to the ring, and then they just attacked her from behind, and then they, you know, they laid her out too. And I was like, damn it, Willow, you damn dummy. Damn. I mean, many of our greatest baby faces are dumb, so I mean, yes, you know. that's what makes it extra frustrating. You know. Uh, so after that, we got Hangman uh, interviewed backstage by Renee. Uh, said he's been doing better physically, but his soul and his heart are doing just fine. He did what he did on Sunday, not because he wanted to, but because he had to. And let that be a warning to anybody else that wants to try him because he'll drag you through hell. He then apologized to Renee uh, for what she had to see. And if he wants to blame somebody, don't look at him. Um, or if she wants to blame somebody, don't look at him. And it's uh, she basically he basically like clears up. Hey, I know this has been awkward for you, and hopefully everything's all right. Uh, and but after Sunday, he's finished with John Moxley. Yeah, um, his face was like his forehead and face. All he showed up, up with that eye. Jesus. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I was fucked up. Forehead fucked up. You can see like on his um, like on his around his neck was all fucked up too. It's like, and then you see Moxley, you know, later showing you're like, well, who? You tell me who won that fight. <laughs> the motherfucker that lost looked fresh as a daisy. Except for a black eye. Uh so yeah, uh he uh he lost the aesthetic battle on that one, uh Hangman did. At least he yeah. won the fight. 
after that, we showed a post-match promo from MJF uh, talking about his win over Danielson. Said he's going to celebrate being the most perfect wrestler in the world. He's going to do it with a rebar mitzvah. We've been seeing all these photos of him uh, from when he was 13 years old uh, popping up into advertising this whole week. So we'll see what that's about. Uh, he's really pushing this best in the world thing, best wrestler in the world thing pretty hard. Uh, so when you think he's coming in? Who? Well, you said that he's pushing his best in the world thing, so I figured you meant that Punk was coming back, so he can go ahead and uh, take that L to uh, to MJF. I I thought it was more like you know him setting the groundwork uh, or making fun of Danielson because they've been calling him that, and then well, I was thinking it's l- both. Let letting him size Kenny too a little bit too, so. I, I think it was all of that. Like his his whole thing now, you know. I guess now that we're past the, uh, it looks like we're not getting the Eddie Kingston thing. Is like, all right, who are the highest acclaimed guys or whatever else or whatever else they get the, the actual talk or at least you know has the gimmick of best in the world or whatever else, and he's about to you know get up against them, have his best match of his career against those guys, and then claim that he you know, yep. right. He's be like this is what like this is what like Miz and Daniel Bryan should have been if like Miz was. A better wrestler. I think that was um one thing that I said before this whole thing started. I was like, I guess their goal is going to be to do Brian versus Miz, but like in a way that WWE could never do it because Miz is Miz clearly is not on the that level. That, or athlete that uh, <coughs> MJF is, yeah. Um, after that, Tony Schiavone was in the ring to interview FTR, so it was good to see Cash Wheeler come out. Um, and then both of those guys came out to the ring and they talked about how the few last few months have been. Uh, they lost to the acclaimed, the guns. They lost three sets, tag titles in roughly a month. And they lost one of their best friends in wrestling and the world, uh, me and Jay Briscoe. Um, and they had to take a step back and a recharge and all that stuff. And all I heard was, man, they did a lot of losing. Sounds like they need to start over, brother. They need to go to elevation, start racking up some wins. You know, AEW Dark, Tuesday, let's get these boys back working. I thought you were more thinking like, I was thinking like, they're more or less saying like, hey, you know, we were on our way out of town. And then like, we heard that Vince is back. And we, and like, we, we sorry to Mr. Tony Khan. We sorry for all the <laughs> things. We sorry for all the things we started. But uh, we hope that we can, uh, you know, start over again. That's what it, that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> he said they can't sit at home in good conscience and watch the Guns call themselves the best team in wrestling. I uh, said they're good, they're the champs, and they're the future. But they're spoiled, disrespectful assholes. Uh, their father gave them every advantage, and his dad couldn't do that. He taught him how to fight and be respectful, and he's going to teach the Guns those lessons. Dax Harwood uh, also was there. He said usually he'd talk about his daughter, but he's going to talk about us, the fans. I uh, said. He said at a time where he thought he couldn't be loved or loved pro wrestling, we showed him that he could, and damn it, he loves us too. December, they closed the book on the greatest uh, trilogy of matches in their career, and they knew they had done something special, and the guns took away that feeling. Uh, His last memory of one of his most special friends in the business was taken away, and now is the time for retribution. It'd be easy to beat their ass, but they have to hit them where it hurts and take away their tag belts. They have to do it for themselves, for the Briscoes, and for all of us. Top guys out. Uh, you, um, left, you left out one key point of what uh, oh, yeah. Ball said at the end. Yeah, go ahead and let he, us know. He says something along the lines. I can't remember it verbatim, but I, I watched this today. He said, 
it's finally time for FTR to win the AEW World Tag Team titles. And in my mind, I was like, you fucker, you've done it again. You're back on this on this FTR non shit where we are out here pretending as if you've never been the AEW World Tag Team Champions and you're in the Mighty Mighty FTR been held back by the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Fuck y'all, stop doing that shit. That's annoying. And it yep. rise up your fan, your, your, your most wild, ridiculous fan base uh, that are also those Cornetters that are also come out here and say that discussing shit to Riho and whoever else is on the roster. You're doing a disservice to your own fucking like colleagues. That's bullshit. Stop doing it. Yep. It's never happened. They're treating the shit like it's Andre the Giant never being slammed. Uh, but this is actually, uh, you know, this isn't the first time the FTR and FTR non has started pushing these things about things that they claim never happened, you know. They claim the young bus never did a <laughs> have never lost something right. before. That's, that's what goes in line with this shit with their with their fans. It's like, bro, like you are you are stoking those flames. Like when I when I saw that shit today, I sent a message to you. You remember what that message was? Yeah. You want me? To, should yeah, I say go, it? Go ahead. I was like, this is like the equivalent of them, of, of like when Trump was telling like um the the uh, the Proud Boys is the sit to stand back and stand by. It's like. You know what you're doing. You're speak. You're trying to speak in code. Except this is obvious to every fucking body. Stop that shit. <sighs> Love that FTR. Love that FTR. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I, you know, I support their uh, their ambitions. You know, let them boys. You know, have a nice series with the guns. Perhaps even win the championship. Let them go on a run. Let them start running through the tag team division. You know, just beat this team. Beat that team left and right, you know, and eventually, you know, you know, you, you might need to do a big match, you know, eventually, you know, and then when it's time for you to lose, we'll just keep going. Um, AR Fox and top flight taking on the Jericho appreciation society. Um, this was kind of fun. Uh, seeing these guys <laughs> in there. Goofy. So Garcia, and Guevara, who who have historically always worn trunks to the ring, they come out in leather in the leather pants because they're they're all like you know is Jericho appreciation or appreciating their daddy Jericho? Yeah, I thought it was fucking hilarious. They're all in leather pants. Like, what is this? Um, but yeah, I thought you know it was okay. I feel like they're I feel like Ar Fox and Dante are like protecting uh, Darius a little bit. Like Darius is still is shouldn't be out there yet or something. It feels yeah, like he's Darius very tentative is, still compared to what he used to be before he hurt himself. I, I think before Darius got has got to kind of he's got to recommit a little bit. I think to the uh, I get what you mean. Yeah. So, um, but beyond that, uh, this was kind of like a, a match just to introduce uh, Jazz into the trio's ranks. Yeah. Essentially, I don't mind this unit. They all kind of do different things. They're they're pretty entertaining. I don't uh, mind it. I, I honestly wish that, like, I wish that Guevara and Jericho or Guevara and Garcia were just a 2v2 tag team. But this, this still works, at least for yeah. now. So um, they ended up cheating with uh, Hager hitting Dante Martin <laughs> yes. with the, or Darius Martin with Floyd. And then, um, you know, the they get the win. Not the uh, podcaster. Yeah, shout out to Floyd. Um, we'll probably cut this shit off as soon as we started. I'll talk about FTR, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after that, uh, Angelo Parker tells us uh, that they say it's the greatest trios win in history. Tells the crowd to light the beam because they're in Sacramento, yes. of course. Um, and like, 
the crowd was like halfway happy that like they got acknowledged about the beam shit and then like the other half was like hey don't don't mock us yeah wait a minute fuck you like yeah yeah i I actually watched uh them versus the knicks on i want to say it was friday night how was that they're they're a fun watch kings are fun Mm. watch like zabonis in in um in fox like they're gonna be their go-to guys in the playoffs, and like they look like they're up for it. Um, so, but yeah, like that light the beam thing. Like they after the after the game, they beat the Knicks, and like I never seen it. I only heard about it like in podcasts, and I saw them press that shit, and then all of a sudden they cut to the outside of the ring, and that shit beamed up like the fucking Enterprise outside of the state. I was like, oh okay, I get it now. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I hear light the beam, and I started thinking about Pookie beam me up, Scotty. That, you know, that's what I was thinking too at first. I was like, I don't even know what this means. Are y'all talking about? Beaming up the same way that other people talk about beaming up because that don't sound exactly like something you should associate with the NBA. This ain't the eighties, um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it, After that, I like I uh, like them doing that stuff with like the local crowds. I do. Yeah, Garcia gets on the mic says they should be the number one contenders for the trios belts. Uh, Sammy says they're the sexiest group alive. <laughs> Uh, then the lights go out uh, after Jericho reinstates it. I knew the elite was coming out the whole time. A lot of people thought it was House of Black that were doing that, but that was I good, was like, "That was a good switcheroo." Yeah, I was like, "Bro, they, they've got to find a way to get Omega and Jericho in the ring together for Winnipeg, and um, this is how they do it." Um, I I didn't get my singles match I wanted, but I guess it was the next best thing. But um, Kenny gets on the mic says, "For the last three years, they've stayed." Uh, out of each other's lanes, and he likes to think that comes from mutual respect. When you talk about the trio title, then Don cuts him off, grabs the mic, says the elite established the trio's belts, and after revolution, it should be obvious they're the number one contenders. On a personal note, him and Chris have been friends for over 30 years, and he agrees with the people to say Jericho's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Unfortunately, he's only the second best wrestler from Winnipeg, and he says even if he, if he had a couple months to train, Chris might be number three, and then Jericho was pissed, uh, challenged him to come down and get it, Lights went out, of course, again, uh, because the House of Black was like, how dare anybody else turn the lights out? Um, And then they appeared uh, on the Tron, and then they turned the lights out again uh, after Malachi Black said, hey, y'all all all deserve to be humiliated in y'all hometown, so if y'all want us, uh, the lights basically came back on, cut off again. Then they're in the middle of the the joint, uh, basically between the the ring and the stage, bottom of the ramp. Top of the ramp and uh, JSA that's in the ring, yeah. Yeah, and then you know the lights go out again, and then they're gone. So they set up a, a triple t- trios match, <laughs> a triple trios match uh, next week for the trios belts. That's so be uh, great. yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Um, no, think okay, it, it's it's the elite. It's Murphy. I'm sorry, Matthews. It's Malachi, and it's Guevara. With not with eight other bodies to work with amongst all that talent we just mentioned, plus the mind of Jericho, plus the mind of like Callus on the outside fucking around, like they're going to break out some outrageous shit. Like I would, because they're going to be in Winnipeg like, and they're going to want to have a crazy match for their hometown. Bro, I would give them like the last half hour of the show, or like open the show with this shit. Like, I'd open and say y'all go thirty minutes, like <laughs> run it. Um. After that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm into the match. So, um, yeah. t- Tony Khan then appears, and we'll talk about the joint now. He said that 
Orange Cassidy will defend the All-Atlantic title against Jeff Jarrett for the final defense of that belt next week in partnership with Warner and Discovery and to promote the new Shazam movie. They'll be leveling the title up to create the AEW International Championship. So uh, we get a hype reel for the film and the title defense next week. So the All-Atlantic belt is now the AEW International Championship. Well, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be the same belt design except they're taking from what I saw. It's gonna be the same exact belt design except they're yeah. taking out all the landing at an international. So, yep. I mean, I'm f- I'm fine with it. I'm wondering what made them change it out of all Atlantic. Maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe I wonder what happened from up top that made them say, "Hey, change the name." Yeah, um, maybe they just start. They just kept looking at that Japanese flag on the belt and was like, "Yeah, in, we can in China." Choose. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we can't do that. Uh, I actually like the name change. Uh, the 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 IC Championship. I well for they me, got here. For me, I was okay with it being all Atlantic at the time because like obviously it was functioning as an Intercontinental title. But there's not many names you can come up with that doesn't make you in think of the Intercontinental title. And now it's the international title. And the, all I think about is the Inter fucking Continental title. So like I see why they went with all Atlantic. Or whatever was the particular reason for why I, I forgot the original name because it was like something about like something with water touching all the continents or whatever else, yeah, or whatever else, or some poetic thing. And I was like, okay, fine. It makes me, it gives me the distinction of I don't make it doesn't make me immediately think of intercontinental, even though I know it functions as intercontinental title. Now, international intercontinental, it's a fucking, it's an AEW intercontinental belt. It is now. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so. Besides that, like, um, let's let's keep going. Um, yeah. Orange Cats have been not lose his fucking belt. <laughs> let's go, Double J, bro. So, so what? What? Okay, so Jeff Jarrett wins your kind of belt. Or sorry, I'm calling the AEW kind of belt for on, on purpose now. I'm sorry, on accident now. So like, he calls it. He wins the international belt and what takes it to AAA and starts doing that racist shit again. That's what. He, that's what. That's his first move, right? <laughs> right um i don't know i don't know but i i, I really nasty, thought that man. far i don't want that i haven't really thought about it that far i've i'm just on this strap up double j agenda we'll figure it out the rest later on right. um i think he's been tremendous in this time in the, in the company um if you if you left your preconceived jeff jared notions at the door i think he's been phenomenal he doesn't have to be a main eventer um if he loses, fine. I'm I'm cool with that. However, I think it would be tons of fun to strap him up. It would only serve the purpose of you didn't want to be Orange Cassidy. You need to get it on somebody else that you didn't want Orange Cassidy to lose to. So, like, that's the only purpose of having him be the champion. So, if that's the case, then I think that's a I don't think that's a good enough reason not to do it. Right? Like, if you're going to make the catch to the champion, right? Like. Just have him beat Orange Cassidy. He'll get more from beating Orange Cassidy than he will beating Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, Not to I say that Takeshi is actually the, the hand-picked guy, but I'm saying like someone of that ilk makes sense to have that belt eventually. Right. Um, so after that, we got a post-match promo from Brian Danielson. Strangely, that ended up echoing my sentiments from last week where I said this man has to go home. Uh, he talks about wanting to teach his kids to fight for his dreams, but Max was right his whole career thought fighting was the best way to fight and fight and fight and fight and when he woke up from the bell lock his first instinct was to fight then he realized he couldn't feel his arms and his left leg had no strength and mjf told him he was putting himself for his family and he was right he thinks it's time to go 
Hova. Which is code for these boys in, uh, later in the show from the turn heel. And I ain't gonna be there. I ain't gonna be there to deal with that until later. And we'll and then we'll see when I return if I'm gonna be a healer or I'm gonna feud against them. That's all that really was. Not bad. I'm okay with it. I will say this though. Um, obviously Moxley. Um, or maybe we should save this for later. But yeah, let's save. I mean, it's next. Okay. So okay, like, yeah, let's it was like anyway. literally Brian Danielson video Blackpool Combat Club entrance. Like, so yeah, it was okay. like, yeah. So they ended up facing back. Orange. So it was it's. It's Cesaro and Moxley versus Reynolds and Silver. Yeah. And um I, I gotta say, man, like Claudio. Claudio's a really good fucking bully. We've always known that. He's really fucking good at being a bully and just like battering people that he's bigger than. He really is. Um I really I think like I like match. I like I like this better than him being a babyface. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what it reminds me of? Obviously, I don't think he's at that same level athletically. Um, I don't think he's also. I also don't think he's in the ring with the level of wrestler either. But like, it reminded me of like him when he used to like those those uh, Sami Zayn matches in NXT, where it's like he's the strongest, toughest guy in the world. He's wrestling this guy that just will not stay down, and he has to like just beat the shit out of him and be so mean to get this dude to stay down. And like seeing that side difference, uh, him like throwing European uppercuts to um, into Silver's chest, it was like God, he's such a good Billy. And then like the pull apart stuff at the end after like you know. They're pushing around those guys. Then comes down, um, your boy, uh, Evil Uno comes down and they beat his ass too. And that forces Paige to come down and they, you know, and they're handling Paige. They got the numbers advantage. And then, like, the, then, like, refs try to help break it up. And Cesaro is in the. He was off on Casanoli. Like, you're like, hey, man, I, look, I'm leaving here with something. Like, right. <laughs> but, like, during, like, the breakup part, the pull apart part, like, Cesaro's still out here manhandling and beating the shit out of Silver on the, on the side or whatever else. I was like, even, like, while he's supposed to be, like, getting held back, he's like, get the fuck off me. I got more ass kicked. And I was like, bro, he, you want no smoke with Cesaro, bro. Or sorry, with Claudio, bro. He will, like, bro. Obviously, you know, like, the, the times when he would, like, grab Moxley and just carry him and walk him off. It's like, bro, obviously, the that strong man, man gimmick speed. is his gimmick, but we don't know how strong that man really is. Like, that man could, that man that will man rip your Steven head Adam off like, energy. that man will rip, if he needed to, will rip your head off like the top of a jelly jar. He want no smoke with that guy, too. He's so strong. <laughs> and he's so mean. It's great. Um, it's going to be so- great. So Blackpool Combat Club officially turns heel. Um, so I, I'm down with this. Uh, Same. I've kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to boo those guys uh, personally, uh, you know, from their initial presentation. But um, it looks like this might be setting up the summer of Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. So if so, uh, sign I mean, me the fuck up. Yep. Because there's some I can reconciliation. See, I can see the Elite reuniting, and I can see that starting, and I can lead that, you know, blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff to be worked Rich. out there, and they can and they can finally do a BCC uh, blood and guts right because they'll actually be the heels this time, and they actually get heat <laughs> when they're have the advantage as opposed to we create our own advantage. We want look, we're man down, we whooping your ass. Yes, bro, that shit was so weird. Like, like that's funny. We had two like war game style matches last year, right? And they were and both done wrong. They were both like, but like one of the alignment was right, but it was still wrong, like how they did it. Because I don't know. It should, and yeah. then like the WWE one was just like yeah. somewhere yeah. completely else. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think the prevailing logic for them was like, 
it's 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 2.0 in this ring. There, there is no real minute finish. <laughs> I think that's what they were coming up with. It's like you think so you think like Claudia, you like you think I'm finna sell for them? Hell no. Oh, this uppercut. <laughs> but um, so they've been uh, I'm being the elite this week. They had like this uh flashback kind of. Hangman was on there, and he was kind of hinting at something with with the young bucks. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Do you think too much time has passed where now it's the elephant in the room and you can't do it, or you think it's insignificant? Like when Omega left, he um, after Revolution two thousand twenty one, um, he didn't see that like the young bucks basically gave hangman the blessing to surpass omega or, or beat omega whatever and they said and he said like i'm going away i haven't watched it yet i'll check it out later and then he just came back and then he had to go away because he got caught in that fuckery with cm punk and now he's back and they haven't really let them talk at all until lat until this particular week do you think it's too late to actually pull the trigger on uh hurt feelings over him seeing that eventually, or do you think they just let it ride? It's too far past gone. And we, whatever we want to do with it, we, we can't even do that now. I think they can still do it, but I think it would be smart for them to pick it up at a time where it's like after like whatever reconciliation may happen now, mm-hmm. like just kind of let it be uneasy. And then like he could always just pop up out of, out of the blue. Like, Hey, I checked out the uh, match. You know, and then it's on from there. But um, I I don't think it's a case like, I mean, if they did it now, I think it would be fine. I think there's just other things that are more pertinent, I think, right now. Or do you think that's actually like the way they get out of or what do you think that's actually like gets resolved? Well, I guess I'm asking like. One, do you think they'll ever actually do something with it? And two, if they are, do you think are they if you think they wanted to, do you think it's too far past because of all the stuff that's happened? No, because you can pick it up and be like, all right, they go to they do blood and guts, right? And then like Omega turns on them in the middle of the match at the end of the match or whatever. You can do I that think if they I think you can pick it up just because like I think a major part of like the elite like storylines are always constant callbacks like about just anything uh, and right. at any time. So it, it kind of all like it would just be another in the line of that, I think, and it would be fine. But you're not concerned that, like, it's too unbelievable he has not watched that match back and it's been over a year? Oh, uh, I mean, I guess you would just have to paint the picture of him being, uh, Kenny being very busy with his rehab and everything else. Didn't really have time to think about Hangman Page. He, uh, but he had plenty of time while he was suspended. They, they never acknowledged <laughs> that, so... <laughs> they they never acknowledge him being suspended. So, what you mean you ain't got the time? They sent your ass home. You know, they sent him home. All right, good. You can move on. You know, he he went to the dome after that. So he, he was busy. <laughs> you know, he was training for Will. That's that's what is uh what the cover should have been. Like, yeah, I was deep in training for um. <laughs> I knew I was wrestling at the dome. Like you were deep in training, you were watching tape. You decided not to watch the tape of like your last singles match. You don't right. think you don't think lost that footage? Yeah, you know, just 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 somehow just, misplaced. Yeah, you you know, you'd be like, well, you know, I couldn't really get a hold of it. Like, it's not like we have a, a network for our streaming. <laughs> that, that's some BTE shit right there. That that would be some BTE shit. You know, I tried to load <laughs> AW Network, but we don't have one. <laughs> that would be fucking excellent. 
<laughs> That's great. Oh shit! <laughs> Look, Kenny just need to, Kenny Omega just need to listen to us. And we can fix it for him right there. There's your possible liability. We ain't got no network. How was I supposed to watch it? Was I supposed to pirate it? Yep. <sighs> <laughs> what? I'm an EVP for this company. I gotta pirate my own fucking show. I couldn't even get a courtesy tape of this footage. Uh, wow. How dare you know? I couldn't watch it back. <laughs> so, uh, Renee interviewed the acclaimed and Daddy Ass uh, 2.0 rolled up to him. Said they love the acclaimed. They have a proposition to him. For him, he said that he knows the acclaimed or sports entertainers at heart. I fucking died laughing. Um, and you know, they had a nice uh laugh about it. Uh, they told 2.0 to leave them alone because they get on TV more than them. Yes, they laughed off um, as the biggest geeks ever, and I thought it was great. 2.0 was not happy about that shit, so um, we'll see how that goes <laughs> after that. <laughs> to get pinned, that's how it's gonna go. <laughs> we got Warlow and Hollis for the TNT Championship, and this match started in the back. Yep. Um, the majority of this match, I thought, was actually pretty good. Um, not, it was a walking brawl for a lot of it, and then they ended up doing some wild shit at the end, including Warlow doing a Swan's Han dive outside the ring through a table on Hobbs. Yeah. Uh, I was actually in the group chat when I was watching this match talking about how awesome it was and then the ending happened (laughs) (laughs) i was like this man's rules and then i was like spoke too soon shit um and what came next was a classic lesson and we don't really want to beat anybody and um we don't want to actually like like we don't want to take nobody lower and by not taking nobody lower you don't really take anyone higher essentially um and I think how it came off was like it was shot poorly. Warlow fell on like some like damn like like styrofoam type shit. It turned to a last man standing match out of nowhere. Uh, I thought it was a false count anywhere match, but this, it was a false you know, count. Any, it was false count anywhere, but they did mention on commentary before the match that like they, there was a standing, uh, there was a ten count, count as well. Okay. Um, but they did a lot of wild stuff around the building. I don't want to sell them short, but then they got yeah. to the end and I saw the the uh, TNT belt over there and I was like, oh, okay. That yep. must be like their their alternate belt or something. And then... Ah, that's where that shit finna end. And that's where yep. one of them to grab that belt after uh, throwing another one off the ramp or off the top of the stage. QT Marshall comes out. Yep. He's been wor- working this uh, gimmick online that has looked like he's about to debut and then it's going to be Next week, the debut of QTV is going to be a news organization. It's basically like a play on, uh, like, we we report all the facts, like the dirt sheets do not, or whatever. So awesome about that. Um, but he does have heat. I'll say that. QT's never had a problem getting booed. Um, they're putting it with Hobbs. Hobbs, uh, I believe, ended this night doing a promo after the show where he told people kiss my black ass which i think he should that should be his dismount from now on uh while he's the tnt champion i don't think hobbs um i don't know how he's going to carry the matches as a tnt champion uh going forward um they gave him qt to kind of help him i don't know uh i feel like wardlow 
Um, he is, you know, he, he just got that win over Samoa Joe and was kind of flat. Still, he came in, wasn't really net. You know, this is a Hobbs area. Uh, but, he, you know, I don't know what Warlow does now. Maybe it's a case of just, A, we're just plucking you from this division because you have a win over MJF that we can go back to at any time and we can build you up there and, you know, we can decide if, if you get hot again to pull the trigger or not. But um, that's kind of what I've seen this as. This is like one of those classic, hey, you lose the belt, but you might be going somewhere else. He's definitely going to see MJF again. Right now, he should not, unless they do something masterful to get him back over again the way he was before, he has no business winning it. Um, but yeah, they're definitely get, they're definitely going to have him get back to MJF before MJF's reign's over. Like I can see them doing, I can see them like going to Wardlow, MJF beating Wardlow, and then they get to Page, and then Page takes it off MJF. I can see that. Um, and and there's like some chatter, like based on Rampage. I didn't end up seeing all of Rampage. I only saw the end. But uh, Sammy Guevara has been getting wins recently. Jungle Boy has been getting a lot of wins. Darby cut a promo, and then MJF. Like there's talk around the Four Pillars Four Way. For the AW title might be coming up soon. That's on TV, right? There's no way that's a, there's no way that's um man eventing a pay per view. <clears throat> I don't know, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So what is this? I feel like I, I saw something about not actually that this actually is true, but Alvarez and Melzer talking about Darby Allen potentially retiring. And like I thought, that I just figured that like they misconstrued that or misconstrued that as like him going down like the last few matches that Sting has left to, and them then pulling that out to mean that like Darby Allen too is retiring. And I'm like, I don't think Darby Allen's retiring. Nah, like I, I think it was something like Darby said, like you know, before I'm gone or some shit like that. Like you know, Darby Allen's career could end, end at any time. <laughs> Way right. He wrestles, so right, but maybe like, that's his, what he was yeah, alluding right, to. Right, I'm getting like his his retirement or his retirement isn't gonna happen based off his decision in a retirement tour. It's gonna end up he breaks his fucking neck doing some you know doing some outrageous and like we have to you know be sad that he's hurt himself or not hurt himself but got hurt. Like yeah. I, I mean I don't know what he feels like when he gets out of bed, but I don't think it's at that point where it's like you know Shauna ninety seven. What what do you make of Hobbs with his TNT belt going forward? Um, hey, fine with it. Look, look the agenda. <laughs> fine with it. Thought the match, uh, the stuff they did that was uh was fun. Don't like the ending with QT because it cheapens you know whatever. And also like it's a last man standing match. You can catch somebody with banana pit banana pill beating with a you know big move at the end. The still one like that's the John you, Cena you, special. You can win one of these while wearing handcuffs. Right, right. Um, but I, I, I thought that or like, you can, or <laughs> you can fuck up the handcuffs <laughs> and not unlock yourself and have the referee completely expose the business. See, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was. I thought like it was okay. I would have liked it if. You know, Hobbs had, you know, somehow smarted Wardlow or got the last blow in, like, without the help of QT Marshall or whatever. But um, 
I know that, you know, him and QT were around each other at the time when, like, uh, there was almost yes. like the factory I, had, like, a hit on Ricky Starks and, like, it was never paid off or whatever else. Uh, but that was, like, over a, that was like, over a year ago. That was, like, last August. Now, I remember that when they mentioned, like, oh, you know, he said he had the favor. I knew exactly what they were talking about. I knew exactly but what he meant, too. Well, I, I can't but, assume that. Like, I hate to do this. I can't assume that your normal person knew that because right. it was like there was no kind of like were people with great memories. Like, I think for this to be more effective, they would have had to be like laid a, a bread karma for this, like the end of like January or something. Just ran, all it takes is 30 seconds of TV time. Like have powerhouse house walking the hallway, run to QT like, hey, like you still owe me one or some shit like that. And, and, and QT's like, I got you. And then we still, and that was only like a month ago. I think you could get away yeah. with doing it like that. Yeah, I, I think that... I don't even necessarily think they even needed that. I think they need to have pulled the trigger and not have ever done the Joe thing. The Joe turn and then the take the title off Joe or take the title off Wardlow. They should have just went to the Hobbs thing when it was, you know, then. Like, mm-hmm. the problem isn't necessarily that the, the story wasn't told uh, to a satisfactory level. It was that so much time had passed and, like, the... it it. it Made it less effective. At it, the end. it felt like it was something that was dropped, as opposed to something that was ready, something that was going to be brought back to the forefront ever again. Like how I mentioned, is kind of the reason why I asked you earlier about the the um, the Young Bucks page Omega thing. Because like so much time has passed, is it worth it to actually go back to this mm-hmm. or not? Um, obviously, there's ways around around it to get to it if you want to go back to it, but. A lot of time is passing. You'd be like, bro, you bringing up some real old shit now. Um, and, you know, one of the issues with AEW is like, like sometimes they will wait too long on the story to, to let it finish. Like, you know, yeah, per, you know, it's like, bro, when was final battle? December 14th, some shit like that. Yeah. We still haven't gotten a Keith Lee swerve match. Right. Right, he's like, there's, there's, there is like telling the story of who's off TV, uh, Keith Lee was off TV and reinventing stuff and all that stuff. It's also like, bro, it's been four fucking months. Can we get the match already? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that was dynamite this week. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think I might like the show a little bit more as we were reviewing it. But when I was watching, I was just like, I don't know. I thought they should have came out firing a little harder out of the pay per view. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think they set the table with all the heat they got. I, like, I don't think I'm not saying necessarily the heat was unnecessary. Um, but I, th- I think that they set the table for the baby faces to, you know, move forward like Starks with, mm-hmm. you know, with a new brand new opponent um, with like Hobbs and QT Marshall and particularly the factory. What what is that going to be? Um, MJF gloating that he beat, you know, the best wrestler in the world in an hour plus time match. And now he's going to show up next week. Like they're setting the table for, for stuff turns. to look forward to, right? But I didn't think there was any match that like I thought was, you know, stood out above the rest with some great match on the show, like compared right. to a normal dynamite. And then like it was just a lot of setting up heat and pay- and getting heat and like I, it was a lot. It was I felt like it was a little bit too much. I felt like it was felt like it was like three episode or three weeks worth of normal AEW heat put into one show, and I thought it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't think I had any, th- oh, one more thing. KG Muto, um, yeah. <laughs> the great Muta, 
um, is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, this fucker has done it again, James. Mm-hmm. He, we found, I guess we realized what happened here to get Nakamura over the deal. You put me in the Hall of Fame as well. Yep. Um, I just find this hilarious. Uh, Keiji Muto ensures that he will get another run at Finesse of the Year this year. Rich, when they announced the, the Nakamura thing, we talked about it on the show. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this was a quid pro quo and exactly this, wasn't it? Didn't I mention this? I think you might have brought that up, yeah. Right, it's like, yeah, like think about what KG, what what the Great Muta me- means to like their, their library. Because the reason for people to go on the network and go through all those tabs and go find some of this shit in WCW and NWA. Like, yeah. Um, and then sure enough, it happened. He's going to miss somebody at WrestleMania, right? <sighs> Who do you want it to be? Austin Theory, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, actually, um, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe he's too old for this now, but you know, like a decade ago, uh, yeah, like a decade ago, they definitely would have missed it. Cole, they definitely oh, missed it. Yeah. He would have been, he'd have been emceeing the whole fucking thing, and he all of a sudden got missed and, and embarrassed as a guy. And they they Vince would have belly laughed in the back like an asshole. The Miz. Can see Sam that. brings it up. Miz I is hosting. I, I got Look, one. Sh- hey, shout out to Triple H taking mad wrestlers out the ring. Miz and Maurice both missed it. Yeah. There you go. Takes the takes the, the the mist from from the great Muda because the great Muda was I believe was what it was not Keiji Muto. So I don't know. Like, does he like what does the great Muto? Do they wear? know that the great Muto is a homophobe? <laughs> were, were they aware, were they aware of what happened uh, at the end of that match with Nakamura? No. They, um, they might want to pull up a a, a link. <laughs> This man has done it again. Um, just, just unbelievable. Um, Jeff Jarrett will be proud. You know, we can wrap it up, man. Yeah, uh, that's in the show. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this with. If you are watching from the stream, um, you see the PayPal, you see the Cash App. You can donate there. If you're listening to the podcast, you go to the show notes, show descriptions. Uh, for the podcast and go to the link for our uh, in our red circle and go donate there and listen to other shows on the network. Um, besides when it's ready, you have Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watching Shit, Great Concerts Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Mass Generator, Get in the Ring and Meet the Press Home. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.